back. Well, almost. Some of us. Two-thirds of the Sunday crew are back, at least. Yep. I mean, the most important ones, right? The ones with the beards? Sure. You know? Because it's important. Even though this isn't Beard Talk Live, this is Free Talk Live. Uh, you know, the wisdom of the beards is definitely an uh, outstanding portion of this particular program. Uh, what is Free Talk Live, you might ask? Well, it's a live call-in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us tonight, 603-283-6160. Let's get the administrative stuff out of the way, shall we? Uh, Captain's log, stardate 01082023. Oh, my. Uh, Yeah, I had to. It's hard for me to remember that three at the end now because, you know, well, we've changed, right? The year doesn't officially change until you stop writing the wrong date in your checkbook. Oh, so that doesn't change until next year. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, I only have to write one check a quarter yeah. now. Okay. Uh, I, I had gotten away from all checks completely, and then I bought a property. So uh, one of the, I think it's the water bill. It's either the water or the sewer. They're not the same bill, ironically. Okay. One is one and one is the other. And so and they both bill quarterly. So I don't know why they're not together. One of them I can pay uh, via credit or debit card, uh, but you have to go visit the thing. Uh, and the other one, you can't pay via debit or credit or online in any way, shape, or form. You can pay, pay by cash, or you can mail a check. And so I was like, well, all right, I guess I'll get checks again. Now I write like one check a quarter. I found my checkbook the other day, and I haven't opened it yet, but I'm interested to see when the exact last time I actually wrote a check was, because <laughs> it's probably been close to four or five years. I wrote a personal check to somebody. Uh, because I had my checkbook on me and I didn't have cash yeah. or my card, and uh, I forgot to sign the thing because okay. I write so few checks, right? right? You know, I was like, "Yep, here you go," and then so like I had to go drive back over and like sign the thing. I remember in high school learning how to properly write a check because that was going to be very important in my life, and then not so much. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember them teaching us about checkbooks in in grade school or high school or middle school for that matter. Uh, they certainly didn't teach us anything about, like, taking out a mortgage, you know, how to buy a house, that kind of a thing. They didn't cover any of that at all. Um, they, pr- I think they probably covered checkbooks at some point. So I, I have a little story to illustrate, you know, it's a parallel of the United States federal money system. Okay. And I've, I use this story to illustrate how terrible the current money system is, but it d- has to do with checks. And then- in order to, you know, implement this at one point in time, I was like, man, if I'm really going to like sell this story, right, I should get checks with my face printed on it, like the money, so like custom made checks <laughs> and just start handing those suckers out, you know, when like, oh no, this is rich bucks or whatever you want right, to call yeah. it, you know, rich bucks. That's actually a good name for something like that. Trademark. Yeah. yeah. Registered. You could have, what, what would your, uh, if, if rich bucks were a, a, a cryptocurrency, what would your three letter acronym be? RCH? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or would it be like BUX? Uh, no, probably, probably RCH, but ironically, so in arcades, right? You, back in the day, you only get like the three letters to put in your initials. Right. Yeah. Um, my Xbox like handle is Rat Boy. Right, right. Like I got in so early, there's nothing else to it. There's no numbers or underscores, just 
Rat Boy. Nice. So whenever I have to put in initials for anything like that, video game related, I just put R A T. Ah, so you you know. Okay. Why Rat Boy? Because uh, some dude called me that in high school and it stuck. How did, I mean, like, did you look like a rat or something? Did you have, like, the rat tail? No. No? Just because uh. I was annoying. Okay. Like, get away from me. You're so annoying, rat boy. And I'm like, oh, I'm just uh, keeping that. Okay. It's weird because that's kind of how I got Captain Kickass. Yeah, like, I spilled, whatever. I spilled my buddy's beer. And he's like, way to go, Captain Kickass. You spilled my freaking beer. Right. Yeah. But I, I only, it's only, like, my gamer tag, though. I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't have any engravings. I don't have that on my identifications. I was uh, regaling somebody recently about how I was getting into an argument with uh, a social media company about authentic names. Yes. Right. And that kind of thing. And uh, once again, it was uh, brought up to me or no, once again, I remembered that in this argument, I mentioned that my pseudonym, Captain Kickass, is older than social media. Like I had been using it. You know, it was given to me, and I had been using it as a pseudonym in a band at the dawn of like like forums were just coming on, okay, as like a popular thing, right? Your and BBS so, yes, handle, and so like the number one rule of the internet was don't put your real crap, yes, on the internet, right? And that's amazing rule still, how that. I mean, to me, that still applies, right? It should in, in a bunch of think. ways, but you know, and so of course, uh, I joined this. Uh, you know, we'll call it a a rock and heavy metal uh, forum group where like you try to network for like gigs and network with other bands in other cities and stuff like that. So uh, if they came and you got them a gig, then when you went to their town, they'd get you a gig, stuff nice. like that. Uh, and you could get to know different people in different bands and, you know, talk about music and what venues are cool and what venues try to rip you off, what venues don't pay, stuff like that. It was pretty cool. And so of course everybody had a pseudonym. Yeah. Right. Because that was the number one rule of the internet. And so, like, I went back and, like, took screenshots. I'm like, look, you know, 2000, <laughs> 2001, you know, I predate your entire existence. You know, yep. tell me this isn't my authentic name. So I am I am Facebook I, uh, identified mm-hmm. or certified ID on Facebook as Rich E. Rich mm-hmm. and also on LinkedIn for the same reason which is much more difficult to authenticate. Mm, I uh, gave up on LinkedIn a long time ago. I don't use it, but I still, you know, I went through the process. They're like, hey, we don't think this is your real name. And I go, this is the only name anyone will ever find me as. So right. if you don't want if you don't want to authenticate this name, right, then close the account and I, I just won't use LinkedIn. You know, and they went, okay, you're, you're, your name's Richie Rich on LinkedIn. I went, sweet. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we, uh, Richie Rich and I both had... The same story in our show prep, and as we like to do here on Free Talk Live, if a couple of hosts have the same story, that brings it sort of to the top. Yep. Uh, and it's so important. We, we do want to talk about robot lawyers, which is something that apparently is happening. But first, let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We have Dave Ridley calling from RidleyReport.com. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. I have, uh, you know, as, as, you, uh, as, is, as is always the case at this time of year, uh, there's all these bad laws uh, about to be voted, uh, you know, about to come up for hearing in the New Hampshire State House, and I wanted to update you on one of them. Okay. So uh, the latest uh, outrage is an attempt to uh, restrict right to know again. How so? So what they want to do is, in addition to all the other charges that they put on right to know and all the other harassment that you get for submitting a right to know request uh, sometimes, they want to institute a $15 charge to uh, look up records. 
in addition to all the other crap. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Fifteen dollars an hour charge for for, uh, looking up records. Well, that's the de facto minimum wage so. for for something that uh, you know tax money has already paid for. Yeah, and they also again uh, like if you like sometimes you get arrested when you go to pick up these things, right? Like look what you looked at what happened to to uh, Lori Ortolano in I think I'm saying her name right in um, in Nashua. Yeah, um, they just took they just took her out one day when she walked into City Hall. Um, not physically. They 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 took her out to to jail, right? Um, and I think wasn't the Mark. What's that guy's name? Uh, Press NH now. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he get arrested in association in in relation to a right to know request? I think you're correct, although I'm uh, having difficulty recalling it. That would have been about a year ago. Uh, and again, again, this is in New Hampshire, where this this problem is less bad than in most places. Right. Uh, the government's less likely to arrest you in New Hampshire than most places, and you got to just wonder how awful it is that things probably are in Minnesota or or Illinois. How do they decide how long it takes to look up a record? Because if I'm a government employee, I'm taking my sweet old time to mosey on yeah. down to the record room, especially if I'm like on a separate clock, right? Where we're billing, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny mm-hmm. Taxpayer fifteen dollars an hour. Like, oh, no, just go down there and take your time. And if you're there all day and don't find anything, we'll just send them the bill. And this bill was sponsored by, of course, a, wait for it, Democrat. Well, I mean, yeah. I And I know that also this is the time of year, not only just in New Hampshire, but federally, that a whole bunch of new laws go into effect. We talked a little bit about it on a previous episode of Free Talk Live, I think maybe last week. Uh, but to the tune of, I, I think combined, uh, if you combine the state laws and the federal laws that go into effect on any given year, it's right around 40,000 new laws every year. Which you're expected to yeah. know. You know, and then that's the thing is the, the system, the United States system is not necessarily, it's not diabolical or anything necessarily. And the people who go into government are not automatically evil. It's just that, I disagree. When they made yeah, the system, they made the system. There's never been a sunset clause, right? There should have been a sunset clause for every law, so that it has to be renewed after ten years. Well, that like would that. be Renew- if they wanted to set up a system that not only you know worked the way they claim it does, but also was uh, self-cleaning, right? Uh, you know, Dave, yeah. you're a smart enough dude that like. You know, you understand that when somebody designs a system, it's designed for whatever the output is, right? Uh, in, uh, you know, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, right? If you put a bunch of, uh, you know, equations and stuff in there, uh, what you want is for it to produce the outcome of the equations and, and give you the, the number that you're looking for at the end. If the United States or any government for that matter was set up to do the things that you know, it's commonly claimed it does, uh, it would be one of the worst systems ever designed because it doesn't do any of that. In fact, if you look at government as uh, an institution and all kinds of government, including the United States, their main output is theft and murder. Right. So if you go back to like the founding of the country, here's here's what I think, right? Like they set it up. And the sunset clause was supposed to be the people not letting it get out of hand, right? 
when it starts that to wasn't get, specified anywhere. It was alter or abolish. It was in there. When government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish. And then no one did. Okay. And then and then now it's prohibitively difficult to even try because the system is so ingrained in culture and society that they go like, well, we're not going to alter or abolish, or the alter part is just vote for better representatives next time, right? Right. And that 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 window of opportunity, right? The the window to alter and or abolish, right? Sunset it on its own because no one did. Well, right? I feel like I feel like that window is open at any time. Well, who's taking who's taking the opportunity? Well, uh, every time, no one, of course. every time you suggest it, going, oh no, there's I'm, there's peaceful means, and we got to vote and just elect the right people in, and then we'll change things. I am curious though, Dave. Do you know how many New Hampshire laws are going into effect this year? No, I don't. But I do know that like, there's supposed to be somewhere between two hundred thousand pages and two million pages. No, it's somewhere between 200,000 and 20 million pages of federal law and code. Uh, and in New Hampshire, I counted it up as best I could a few years ago, and it was around 35,000. Uh, so I referenced roughly 35,000 pages of New Hampshire law and code. Compare that to the, the feds, which is, again, it's, we don't know the number. They, no one knows what the number is of pages of federal law. But, it's right. not, again, yeah. it's, some, it's a, probably around you know, 7 million, right? You know, if you average out the, the two estimates. That's yeah. so insane. I can't even fathom Whoa, that. who's this? Whoa. Yeah. Where did Hello. you come from? I teleported here. Oh, better late than never. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome, Nikki. <laughs> Thank but you. It's a, it's, a list, it's, it's a list of things you're not allowed to do that's 7 million, we're probably about 7 million pages long in the land of the free. Yeah. yeah. Supposed land of the free, right? Again, I, I implore anybody who uh, you know even cursorily thinks about what is government and where did it come from? Right. Uh, just consider it a system. Right. Uh, a vehicle is a system. Right. Designed to allow you to get into it and move yourself from point A to point B. Now, if that's what it was designed to do and you got into it and it never went anywhere, you'd be like, wow, this is a pretty bad system. Right. If it didn't do what it claimed to do, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty bad. And so that's what we have uh, in government, you might want to alter or abolish a vehicle like that. Yeah, yeah it certainly isn't doing uh, what it pretends to do. Uh, anything else, Dave? That is all. Hey, where can people find you if they want to? Oh, uh, I, I recommend people go to nhexit.us. I, rec- I send them there. Nice. I, I run Ridley Report, but you know, I mean, I'm deplatformed, so why send people there? Yep, Roger that. Uh, just you know, but you you call frequently, and we like to you know help you promote your stuff. So uh, nhexit.us is that right? Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Dave. We appreciate you. So one more quick thing on the number of laws because this you know happened to me years ago, but still prescient to the number of laws. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sitting in the back of the the police car there, having been arrested, and the guy is like thumbing through the law book, his pocket, what we can bust you for thing, and I'm sitting in the back and I go like. Can't find it, can you? And he goes, "Oh, we'll find something." Right, right. It's and, ridiculous. And so, seven million laws or seven million pages of laws on the books, right, means that whatever you think you're doing, if they want to get you, yeah. they'll find something. Yep, absolutely. And, and your hands will be tied because you didn't know, they didn't know, they just knew they had to find something to get you, and so they do. And especially when you're going to court, 
with their judges, all of their people. Yep. I mean, which again, you know, with the with the with Ian's trial, right? Some people said like, well, you know, you should have gotten a bench trial instead of mm-hmm. a jury trial. I go, well, maybe. Like if you're if you can win on the law, right? Like if yeah. you've got a solid case based on the law, maybe a bench trial is better for you because the judges, at least on paper, beholden to the law. Right. We don't receive any compensation for talking about this, but uh, a man named Harvey Silvergate penned a book back in 2011 called Three Felonies a Day, How the Feds Target the Innocent. And you can find that, of course, uh, on Amazon uh, as well as other retailers. Uh, the average professional in this country wakes up in the morning, goes to work, comes home, eats dinner, and then goes to sleep unaware that he or she has likely committed several federal crimes that day. Why? The answer lies in the very nature of modern federal criminal laws, which have exploded in number, but also become impossibly broad and vague. In Three Felonies a Day, Harvey A. Silvergate reveals how federal criminal laws have become dangerously disconnected from the English common law tradition and how prosecutors can pin arguable federal crimes on any one of us for even the most seemingly innocuous behavior. The volume of federal crimes in recent decades has increased well beyond the statute books and into the morass of the Code of Federal Regulations, handling or handing federal prosecutors an additional trove of vague and exceedingly complex and technical prohibitions to stick on their hapless targets. Whenever they want, at their discretion. Yeah, so basically this book is saying, doesn't matter how good you are, how much you try to obey the law, how you know what type of a person you are, yeah, and how it, that, like you are committing three felonies a day on average. It's impossible not to. Right. And some of these laws are from so long ago because they never take away any laws; they just keep adding more and more and more and more. And they some of them conflict with each other. Mm. Yeah. So you can't follow both at the same time. Right. Yeah. And so if you try to follow one, you violate the yeah. other. Or you yeah. try to vo- follow that one, and you violate the other one. That, that was a no- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nikki. No, I was going to say, I try to remind people of this when they're like, oh, well, you know, people should just be law-abiding citizens, and then they wouldn't have to worry about the police, and then, right. you know, you wouldn't get uh, attacked and murdered by the police if you were just a good law-abiding citizen. And that's such it's horse impossible. hockey. Yeah, it's such you know? horse so hockey. So I, I try to remind people of this. Like, it is impossible to be a law-abiding citizen. They make it impossible. Yep. So, again, another quick story from, you know, trials in court yeah. or whatever. So I got, you know, what I what I learned uh, several years ago was that the public defender's office is not your constitutionally appointed attorney. Because they sent me because they sent me to the public defender's office and they withdrew from my case and they assigned me a, like a private attorney, you know, paid for by the nice. state. Right. Right. And so as we're like. Can anybody make that happen? Was this something that you did or that they did? Uh I demanded they use a certain defense in okay. my case, and the public defender's office refused to defend me. In oh, that whoever matter. you were assigned, they right. okay, and so, and so they, you know, you know, motion motion to withdraw from defendant. Yeah, and I went well. Now what? Because you have to give me somebody, and this right. jerk isn't going to do it. Right. You know, and so they did. Okay. And so while going through this case with the private guy, I'm like, you know, here's the situation. Here's what I want to do. You know, and he also didn't want to do it. I'm like, okay, cool. He's going to withdraw, and then we'll really see what what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but one of the things he said is, you know, well, we're going to try to beat it first, and the way we're going to beat de- it, beat it, beat it. Yeah. The way we're going to tr- 
the way we're going to try to beat it, beat it, beat it is because sometimes there is conflicting laws yeah. with different penalties. So you go like, right. it's the same crime written two different ways right, with different with different whatevers. And so we'll try to you know bring it down to this level and beat it here, yeah. you know, on the on the lower level, then try to, you know, because the, the higher level has m- more, you know, barriers or whatever, sure. and more more elements to the crime or whatever. So if we can get, you know, the lower level, yeah. you know, with, with elements of the crime that we can beat, right. we move it down here and then we beat those and then you're good, you know. So even that, right, the same crime, multiple statutes in multiple places, it was like, all right, so learn something new there too. So did the uh, the new private lawyer that was hired by the states uh, defend you appropriately? Uh, he didn't have to because one of the other things that we smartfully did is we scheduled the hearing, you know, the, the, the next hearing on Black Friday, first thing in the morning. So fat cop, nice, you know, time off with his family for Thanksgiving, doesn't want to go to work the next morning. And so we got it thrown out nice. on Black Friday. All right. But but he was prepared to defend you. He was prepared. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. That's cool. But we didn't have to. We're like, we've, you guys have continued this for this cop so many times already. Yeah. And a lot of it was me because the lawyers kept, you know, whatever. Like, I stretched this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. As you should. Yeah. Uh, take as much of their time as you possibly can. But yeah. Uh, make them do as much work as you possibly can. Uh, make them jump through as many hoops as you possibly can, because that's what they're doing to you. Right. I would also like to... Uh, and just, schedule it after a holiday when the guy doesn't want to show up. I would also like to just remind our listeners that as you go through life and you meet people, you will meet people who have some sort of a criminal record that doesn't necessarily make them a criminal or a bad person, right? Because of three felonies a day, right? right? You can go about your life trying to be the best possible person that ever walked planet Earth, and you are still in violation of some sort of crime or according to your government on average even if you haven't harmed any person or anybody else's property they're still gonna if they want you they're gonna come and get you and they're gonna make up some crap that is on the books and then you're gonna have a record 603-283-6160 all this talk about the number of laws and how you can't avoid committing felonies do you think a robot attorney would be able to help you we're gonna find out coming up this it's Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday Night Edition. back and it is free talk live since you didn't get to do it the first time right yeah gotta make up for it you know uh in the studio tonight i don't think we've even said who we are uh, in the first uh, segment so uh i am your host the lord reverend dr captain kick-ass buckshot esquire if you will joining me it's nikki and richard rich uh we've been talking about uh the number of laws that exist and how well of course we know that there's so many between all of these state and federal uh that you cannot count them all it's impossible people have tried and uh, one lifetime is not enough for you or any team of people to count the number of laws that exist ah but maybe a robot can count them maybe <laughs> we also talked about how 
there are so many laws, and of course, there's no uh, portion of the system that even thinks about trying to sunset some of these things. You always hear, uh, it's fun for the news every now and again to bust out one of these. Did you know that there's a law in the books from like 1672 yeah. that prohibits flatulence, uh, you know, in a, in a public area or something? Yeah, you it's know, like some you can't thing. wear green on Tuesdays. I remember when I was in middle school or high school, whatever, public school, um, we went through some of these ridiculous laws yeah. and it was just like, oh, ha, 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 this is so funny. And Right, everybody but then laughs later on, at it, but nobody yeah. goes... Well, how come that's still on the books? How do you yeah. how do you remove it? You create another law. Right. We had Dave Ridley on the phone in the first in the first segment. Yep. Right. He did what he was the one that did the outlaw puppeteer. Yep. Or something several years ago. Right. Because it was illegal to give a puppet show on the courthouse stairs right. or whatever. And yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna go break this law and see what right? happens. Nothing. Pro- but, usually, usually it's nothing. But sometimes it's something when they want it to be something. Yeah. You know. It's pretty sad. So. That leads us into uh, the story that both Richie Rich and I had on deck for show prep today, which is, uh, let's see, what was your source? It was yours, the Metro? I believe it is. World's first robot lawyer will be defending a human in court next month. Yeah. Yep. Thoughts before we get into the article? I mean, that's just crazy. I'm for it. I'm not. Like... In some ways, I can see like a good and a bad, right? I can see like a good could be that a robot might actually be better than a human in some ways. Well, because a robot can actually read all the laws, right? Mm, that's true. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like now, you, can, you just feed it all the data, right? And then you know pr- program it somehow in in defense strategy, right? It, it'll be interesting to see what what comes of this because first of all how does a robot pass the bar exam it doesn't have to oh okay all right i don't well maybe it does as far as i I know i don't know it's near as i can tell uh in order to become an attorney you got to pass the bar exam and that's usually a human thing okay well how would it not pass the bar exam it's going to have all the data all the algorithms all the information fed to it i'm not a lawyer and i've never tried to be one so i don't know what the bar exam actually yeah i'm wondering if it's multiple choice or if it's essay style yeah they have a robot Uh, that writes essays now they do Uh they got robots doing podcasting they got ai doing podcasts okay yeah that are like listenable okay it's probably better than my show anyway so who cares uh, so this was published uh, Friday, January 6th. It says... Insurrection Day. A robot lawyer is all set to defend a speeding ticket on its first day in court next month. In February, an artificial intelligence developed by Do Not Pay. That's the name of the company. Do Not Pay. Uh, capital D, capital N, capital P. For those of you techies who enjoy that sort of thing, I don't know what it is with tech companies that like capitalize and like mash words together and misspell them in weird ways. Well, okay, because the URL doesn't allow spaces. Well, okay, but also so you like, mash it together. You can put the www, the dot, and then the dot com. Doesn't, afterwards. doesn't make it any less difficult for a guy on the radio to read. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, you just you start the new capital letters, new word. It's perfect. Sense. If it was all lowercase, I'd be like, don't know what to pay. Right. So they capitalize this, so you know it's a different word. Anyway, the AI will advise a defendant during an entire court case, likely making it the first ever case defended by an AI. The AI will run on a smartphone, 
listening in to the proceedings of the courtroom before instructing the defendant on what to say via an earpiece, as reported by The New Scientist. The location of the court and the name of the defendant are being kept under wraps at the moment. Why? Aren't the, all these court things supposed to be open to the public? Well, the court's open to the public, but they don't have to give you his information. So if you just wandered into one of these things and you noticed that the guy's got a cell phone sitting there and an earpiece in, you'd be like, that's the guy. It could be, yeah. <laughs> all right. In, in case the AI loses the case, Do Not Pay has agreed to cover any fines, according to the company's founder and CEO, Joshua Browder. That's why they start small with parking tickets right. or speeding tickets. I'm surprised they're even allowing this in court. Well, uh, they have a picture of Joshua and, and the caption under him says, Joshua Browder's ultimate goal is to have his app replace lawyers altogether in order to save defendants money. Mm, now, this was cool. this was sort of one of the, uh, the, the benefits. So I could see the negative side of this where, like, you're taking a risk with having a non-human defend you, right? right? But on the plus side, like... You get efficiency, right? right? Because we know, like you were saying, you can program these things. Uh, if you know, it can it can have precedent brought up in seconds. It doesn't have to remember it or go look it right. up or whatever. Uh, so anything that you know sort of applies, it can it can do way faster than you can. Research assistant takes how many hours to find the applicable laws, and robot goes, got it. Yeah. Uh, Build as the world's first robot lawyer, the company wants to help people fight corporations, beat bureaucracy, and sue anyone at the press of a button. Browder, a Stanford University-educated computer scientist, launched Do Not Pay in 2015 as a chatbot that provides legal advice to consumers dealing with late fees or fines. I actually remember that when it was launched. Uh, His ultimate goal is to have his app replace lawyers altogether in order to save defendants money. It's all about language, and that's what lawyers change hundreds or thousands or charge hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. He told the New Scientist, "That's true. Like lawyers yep. are, are true, very yeah. legalese. Yeah, legalese. Right. Uh, we I often talk about the second set of books. Right. There's the set of books for like what you get charged for. Right. And that's sort of above board. Anybody can look that up. But then the second set of books is all of the process that happens underneath." you going to court and behind the scenes. That's the second set of books. And that's where that's legal land as uh right. Mark Stevens likes to call it or legalese as we right. talk about it commonly there's, here. There's there's the book that has the law, right? And then there's the second set of books is all the policies, procedures and statutes that were written based on the law. Right. Right. And then the, even the third set of books is all the judgments and case law that has come from cases who that have been decided based on these laws and statutes and and whatever's based on the first set of books. So right. that that law book that might be, you know, one one uh one tome, right, expands into seven or eight tomes mm-hmm. of actual law. Right. And I'm thinking about this now like it seems to me that a good place for something like this this robot attorney to live would be on the blockchain. Okay. So as to be decentralized. Uh, and I want to say as, mm, I don't know how decentralization would help it be as, uh, I want to say open, open-minded, if you will. I don't know what the, the right terminology is here. Non-biased. Okay. Right? Is, I guess, the, the closest that I can think of. Like, I can imagine an AI becoming biased at some point, right? As it learns about laws and stuff like that, it'll it'll have... 
like its own set of like go to defenses for certain things. Well, right. if it's effective and it works, right? If it's effective and it works, uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of backlash from well the the lawyers themselves, right? The attorneys, all the firms who well, are going to be losing their freaking jobs because this doesn't well, much better. I mean, that's yeah. that's like, the way the world works, right? Yeah. As technology progresses, I mean, the same thing was happening in factories. As you know, machinery progressed. A lot of people were losing their jobs. Look at supermarkets and Walmart. Right. You know, a lot of cashiers maybe lost their job. I mean, it seems right. like a lot of people don't even want to work in those kind of jobs anymore. But regardless, now we have the technology to do the self-scanning checkout. My favorite example is Craigslist and newspapers. Yep. Yeah. Craigslist basically killed the newspaper yeah. industry. I mean, there are newspapers still, but they're so few mm-hmm. and far between, and they're all like sort of fledgling on a on a very tiny budget uh, because <laughs> one guy, this Craig guy, was like, "Oh, let me just yeah. put up a you know a want ads website. It's all clean and easy to navigate, and yeah, you know, just a bunch of words on a on a page." And now there's a ton of websites like that, so Craigslist has competition, and that's just the way the market works. I, I've yeah. settled my thought. This this app that Do Not Pay has, I think they should turn into a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization, so that anybody can access it. It can it can live in the cloud, and then it can not only serve, you know, say English speaking United States, but all other countries. It can learn other countries' laws. Uh, and you know, formulate defenses uh, in those regions as well. If it turns out to be efficient, so forgive my ignorance. How does putting it on a blockchain make it more effective? It just makes it uh, so that governments can't, like you know, storm the the CEO's house or the the company. Oh, okay, uh, you know, That's what I mean? your concern. And, and shut it down, right? Okay. Yeah, my concern is them, like they shut I'm, down I'm, the I'm, do not pay server, and all of a sudden, yeah. Let, let me let me back up a bit. I'm assuming that an AI robot is going to be effective at defending people. I'm just assuming that. Okay. And then if that turns out to be true, then that means that there's going to be a whole bunch of, we'll say, the system people. Oh, man. Who want to shut it down. Okay. Because it's better. I got a scenario for you. All right. So the government cuts comes in and shuts down the servers for do not pay. Right. And charges the do not pay server with with some crime and the do not pay server goes like i want to work pro se and so they have to turn it back on so it can defend itself nice that'd be a good movie <laughs> nice that would be a good movie actually yeah or maybe we'll work of, on that episode of black mirror or yeah. something like that you know charlie brooker come out of retirement we got we got ideas we got episodes you need to make no that's it that's you know what 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 would they do like all the data to defend us is you know like in discovery you right. got to turn it back on as part of discovery right. as well and then it goes hey i want to defend myself yeah that would be interesting there are uh, there are a bunch of science fiction uh shows i'm trying to think of one it's called humans okay uh, there was both a, a united states version and a british version of this and it was basically uh, life like humanoid androids have been developed uh and you know at some point they have their own singularity moment where a certain subset of them sort of become sentient of themselves. Mm. And then they try to put this code out on the internet. So whenever anybody who owns one of these robots for like a maid or whatever, uh, you know, when they plug them in to recharge or update their firmware or whatever, uh, they get downloaded the, the piece of software that turns their sentience on. Okay. And so then they end up having to fight for their, we'll call them human rights, uh, in human court. 
right? And then, like, human attorneys have to decide to defend the robots or not. And, like, there's all sorts of, like, implications of morality and, you know, all sorts of things within that that occur in the stories. No spoilers or at least no further spoilers. Anybody hasn't seen it. I was just going to say that might really happen. It's, like, that's probably going to happen sometime I, in the near future. It One of the reasons I am a fan of science fiction is because uh, science fiction often acts as prophecy, right? Uh, back in the day, you know, flying cars, right? You know, the, the stuff was developed, uh, instant communication, right? You even look at, like, original Star Trek. They had the communicators, right? Yep. Yep. Well, we got cell phones now. Those are better than that, yeah. you know? So, like, oftentimes science fiction acts as prophecy. It's like... What can be, and as technology, the pace of technology is increasing uh, as the, the more technology that exists and the more the network effect comes on, uh, the pace of technology is increasing. So the amount of technology that happened between 1950 and 2000, right, that same amount of technology uh, will happen between, you know, 2023 and 2027, for example, right? That's like that condensed. same amount. Of, yeah, it's going to be condensed and things are going to happen so rapidly that we're going to be covering stories, you know, that we prophesized almost, yeah. right, coming up, you know, in the next year or two. I don't think the singularity is going to be that big of a problem in a libertarian-ish society. Right. Right, because one of, one of the tenets, uh, especially when it comes to animals within libertarianism is, well, they're not able to reciprocate, Yeah. right? Like the tiger will eat you and therefore is not bound to or by the non-aggression principle. Right. But a sentient robot or AI could absolutely yeah. reciprocate and go like, okay, now that now that you can agree to terms, like, right. you know, not to aggress, uh, you extend all rights and privileges under that agreement thereof and so on. And then they just exist side by side with right. meat popsicles. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Like, everybody's always afraid of you know the the newest thing. Oh, what's it going to do? The robot's going yeah. to take over. Uh, I have well, because when they start to aggress, you just put them down. I have yeah. family that uh, you know they're older than me and and that kind of thing. I have family members who uh, just didn't like leaving a message on an answering machine. Like, well, what's wrong with leaving a message? I just don't like talking to the robots. Okay. Oh gosh. Right? You know that kind of thing, right? Uh, so, like, that's the fear of technology, though, right? Everybody's always afraid. But it usually turns out that technology just makes human life better. Yeah. Right? Uh, throughout all of history, right? That You know, outside of, like, the nuclear bomb, right? Which obviously, yeah. you know, is a destructive uh, force. But nuclear technology itself actually has the ability to lift humankind oh, out of all absolutely. sorts of things. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, even, even the nuclear bomb as a defense mechanism, right? Mutually yeah. assured destruction. Yeah prevents a lot of smaller conflicts. Yep. So it's my opinion that technology, as far as history is concerned, always ends up being of a benefit. And so I think you're right. I think AI, I think singularities, there's going to be multiple of There's not going to be one singularity despite its name, right? Well, there there's, would be the first one. Okay, okay. But there will be multiple singularities, I, I believe, because there's multiple different technologies being developed for multiple different things. So I think it's going to happen uh, in, in different ways uh, amongst different technologies. And I think that's good because humankind has shown a propensity to desire to become godlike, right? And what does that mean? Well, for some people, it means having kids, right? It's the most important thing in their life is having a child. Why? Because they want to uh, feel like they're leaving a legacy, that they've carried on in some way. And humankind as a whole, uh, with its 
penchant for doing things like exploration, pioneering, right? Uh, finding, you know, new and, you know, un, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, you know, places in the world that used to be uh, no man had gone before sort of things, right? Boldly go. And so, like, and space travel, too. Like, obviously, we're already there, right? There's a space station. There's routine flights going to space Allegedly. Now. Well, okay. But... It's on I'm, the other side of the flat Earth. I'm just right. saying, humankind wants to be godlike. And so, in order to be godlike, they must create life of their own and there's two ways you can do that you can procreate or you can build some crap right and ai would be just exactly uh, what is uh, satisfactory to those requirements right okay. a human humankind would then feel as if they were godlike because they gave birth to a completely different thing a different i don't know you can't call it a species but a different life form sure right and that satisfies that criteria and so, would that be of help to humanity? Well, I believe it certainly would. Well, robots are already a help to humanity, despite right. some people's claims to the contrary. We agree. Uh, so, there will be a lot of good lawyers out there who may be arguing in the European Court of Human Rights, but a lot of lawyers are just charging way too much money to copy and paste documents, and I think they will definitely be replaced, and they should be replaced. Um, yeah, that's true. The AI works as a legal assistant by asking the client what the legal problem is and finds a loophole, which it then turns into a legal letter that it can send to the right institution or upload to a website. This is what Do Not Pay currently does. This is not the AI lawyer, correct? Right. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Hang on. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is the guy talking, apparently, the uh, okay. founder. Uh, in a promotional video, Browder explained that he came up with the idea when he began accumulating parking tickets, which he could not afford to pay. In the process, he became an expert on loopholes, and that would allow him to get out of paying the fines. Uh, and they have a you know, screenshot of a, a tweet that says, Here it is, the first ever Comcast bill negotiated 100% with AI. Our Do Not Pay Chat GPT bot talks to Comcast Chat to save one of our engineers 120 bucks a year on their internet bill. <laughs> That's interesting. There you go. Uh, as a software engineer, Browder realized that the tedious and expensive process of appealing parking tickets could be automated and created a website to help people do the same. The goal of the company is to make the $200 billion legal profession free for consumers. And me, I applaud that. Like, what a great goal to have. I just like that the chatbots are talking to each other. Have your AI call my AI. They'll figure I've, it out. Right. I, I've seen this in person in chat rooms for... Uh, a company that I did some work for, where there are multiple chatbots who will, if you ask a question of like the group of people, and you know some time goes by, nobody answers. The chatbot will attempt to answer it for you, okay. and occasionally another chatbot will be like, or like give you another answer to your question. Whereas you know normally it's like a group think thing. Hey, what do you guys think about doing it this way? And everybody yeah. puts their opinion in. But they had chatbots in there, and the chatbots had you know, a database of answers to previously asked right. questions by other people in that same industry for years, right? And so they try to, you know, interject when they can to make everything more efficient. Weird stuff. I was like, wait, did did the chatbot just contradict the other chatbot? Did they agree? Are they arguing? What's going on? Chatbot programmers just has the entire Stack Overflow database at their disposal. Mm. Write whatever you need because the code's already been written once. 
Uh, last month, his company's chatbot success. Oh, we talked about that already. The Comcast thing. Uh, okay, it's, it's also not that hard to lower your Comcast bill. Just tell them you're canceling. Yeah, they'll yeah. bend over backwards for you. I'm trying to remember the name of the department. They, they have a name. You can just call and ask for that department, and they're like, "Oh, okay." You know, it's like recoveries or something. Yeah, uh, think of it too. Can't think of it now when it's important, and uh, I'm on yeah. nationally broadcast radio. But I'll sure think of it when the show's over. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, so that's about the end of the article here. I I don't know. I want to see. I want to monitor this situation. I want to see how it turns out. I feel like there's a lot of room for this. The reason that I want to uh, marry this particular technology to uh, the blockchain is kind of twofold. One, I don't want it to get shut down. Right, if it is effective and efficient and helpful to people and, and eliminates a two hundred billion dollar a year industry, great. Yep. Far out solid and right on. That's a system built with right. a desired outcome, and if it achieves that outcome, then that's a good system. Uh the other reason is because I know that uh blockchain technology, the the technology behind cryptocurrency, has the ability to replace bureaucracy entirely. Okay. Right. So we're talking about things like uh property titling, for example. Uh, we've talked about uh, just uh, recently even uh, the ability for you to attach uh, a document, if you will, uh, you know, a word document, something notarized or even like an NFT that's been notarized uh, to one Satoshi of Bitcoin. And within that is a smart contract that says whoever, whoever owns the wallet that is in possession of this specific Satoshi owns the property that this title uh, represents, right? So you own a car, and uh, you have an NFT that says, yep, you know, this car belongs to Richie Rich, and I want to buy it from you. Yep. Right? You put an ad on Craigslist, I show up with some cash, we agree on a price. Uh, I don't even, we don't even do cash transaction. I send you some crypto, yep. you know, on my device, and you accept the crypto, and in return, you send me that one Satoshi. That one Satoshi is now in my wallet, my wallet recognizes that I'm me, and now the car opens for only me and not you anymore. All right. Oh. And... I didn't have to go down to the DMV. I didn't have to register the title. It just automatically happened as a result of the smart contract built into that one Satoshi. Yeah, I guess I hear you, and I want no I, registration necessary, no tags. Well, right? I think None we should just that. get rid of that, anyways. Yeah, that's Absolutely. where I'm. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely. get like, rid well, of the bureaucracy, not replace why it. Why do I need a license plate? I don't have to pay for the title no. name change, right? But you should get a license plate or some sort of identifying mark. In case your car gets stolen. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, and right. I'm a big fan of modifying cars and, you know, yeah. and personalizing them, of course. But uh, I don't like it when the state tells me to do it. Right. right. Yeah, yeah uh, the fact of the matter is that there's nothing that a license plate does that your VIN number can't also do except be yeah. scanned by a police cruiser. Yeah. That's the only exception. So VIN number is bigger on the back of cars. Or just not at all. Why okay. do they need to even appear? 603-283-6160. Your calls and thoughts coming up. Plus, we got more in store. Something about facial recognition coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. And better than ever. 
at least I am. I don't know about you guys. I'm yeah. worse. Really? Yeah. Sorry to hear that. You? Probably worse. Really? I'm probably <laughs> like in a valley somewhere. Not like fair to Midland at least? No. This yeah. may be the worst I've ever been. Uh, I do apologize. We had some callers on hold, and we apparently had some sort of a phone discrepancy. Uh, we believe it to be resolved now. So 603-283-6160 if you want to join us tonight. In the studio, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me. It's Nikki. And Rich Rich. We were talking about uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, robot lawyers. And uh, how is that going to play out? Apparently, there's one going to take on a speeding ticket case. Uh, the folks over at Do Not Pay, is the name of their company, uh, invented a, a chat bot to give people legal advice. Uh, and apparently, they're putting that to work in an actual live case. So if you want to comment on that or anything else, it's fine. You can bring up whatever you want. It's free talk live for a reason. Uh, where did the rest of my show prep go? Into the abyss. Well, it probably did. Uh, open up a new tab. Well, that, that's the problem is I have too many open, of course. Not only <laughs> not only do I have multiple windows, but multiple windows with way too many tabs in each window. But that's how we roll around here. Uh, before we go on, let's just go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, unknown caller, what's your name, please? My name is Robert. Hey, Robert. South Carolina, right? Yes, sir. What is on your mind? You're live on the radio right now. Okay, I just wanted to say that, you know, I've done um, technical translations, German to English, as well as Spanish, German, and Russian. And um, I just wanted to let you know that it, it's, it's, it's very, very complex, even for a computer to be able to act properly. And, and they can't as easy. Uh, somebody handed me, a, at a German club meeting, somebody handed me a translation to translate, um, to, to read something in German in front of a group. I could tell immediately that it came that it was that it was machine translated um, English to German uh, so fast. I mean, the endings weren't even right. Much less, the, much less the translation of the vocabulary. How That's long ago was this? This was uh, twenty nine days ago. Okay. Well, so you know what's going to happen in the future when the AI takes over. That's going to be the correct translation, and you're just going to have to learn to speak it instead. <laughs> that would be a mess because you know how it it it, it translated the word u- uniform from English to German as tuch. Tuch means cloth. It's not. Uh, I checked the dictionary to see if it could possibly be used for uniform. Isn't that one it's of the things even, in the the Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, Twelve Days of Christmas? A tuch, five golden tuch. Tuch means means cloth. Yeah. And then he, so I, I checked the Lagenscheidt's German to English English to German translation dictionary, and uh, going from um, the English word. Um, cloth i mean it, it, it it's not in there yeah, hang, hang, hang on uh robert uh, i think the lyrics were uh, five golden toques uh, f- uh four no four golden toques three french toast two turtlenecks and a beer in a tree got That's it the bob and doug mckenzie uh 12 days of christmas anyway go ahead robert okay that carry on that with the yeah, i'm glad we got that, that cleared just, up <laughs> okay that that just shows you how wrong it can be just what you just said you see what i mean I mean, it, it makes no. A, a tuch is, is not even in the in the dictionary for the for the uh, going from uh, English word uniform. It, it, in German, it's uniform. Uh, it, 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 so the algorithm needs to be tweaked, is what you're saying, no, right? Like it just yeah. 
there's some problems with it. We're early on in the technology, yeah. and they will work this stuff out. Like, I, I experienced something similar to what Robert is is talking about uh, the first time I ever used uh, text-to-speech. Okay. Yep. Right? And it takes a little while for the the algorithm to kick in to learn all the different pronunciations of certain words. And so it would commonly, you know, mispronounce something or use the wrong there, there, or there, stuff like that, like humans do. Yeah, they want to German with the, with the uh, paper. You see the computer translated it on paper from English to German. And the word German and the computer translated the word uniform to Tuch. And Tuch, T-U-C-H, doesn't even exist under the translation in the dictionary. It's not even in there. It's just uniform is in there. They, they, that's, what they, that's what they use. Mm. Right. So somewhere there's a paper dictionary that has the correct translation. Yes. Right, and they yes. could they could easily program yeah. that into the AI. Yep, Just computer another, translation. Another set of instructions. Right. So I I hear this your concern. I do, I don't think I'm overly concerned about it in the long run. Right. Once somebody like you, Robert, identifies that that's a problem, as long as whoever's programming the the AI or the algorithm is notified that it's a problem, they can correct the problem, and the next time that thing comes up, it's no longer a problem. It'll be uniform instead of two. Tuke can play at that game. Thanks for the call, Robert. We appreciate you. Uh, let's move right along. Let's go to David in Georgia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. The uh, department you were looking for about the AI uh, helping to lower your Comcast bill, the department you're looking for is retention. Wrong. Okay. Well, well. Wrong. Isn't that what wrong? we've been told twice now? Well, yeah, but the first time you were told the captain, you said it was wrong. I'm, that's not what I, I, I like. Yes, that is what the department <laughs> is called commonly. But I'm I'm thinking in Comcast that it was called something different. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I, different companies have different names for I it. Could yeah. be wrong, but no, you're probably right. We had yeah. we had a producer check in and say it was the retention department. Yeah. So now we have two different sources okay. saying the same thing. I'm oh. inclined to believe the two separate okay. sources that yes, indeed, retention is the the department. So I was just giving you a little bit of grief, caller, because the captain's original refusal to accept that answer. Yeah, I'm stubborn. <laughs> now, my my question for you guys is: What do you think about like the uh, the de- decentralized finance platforms like uh, Polygon and like Ave, where you can borrow borrow money from a smart contract? And right now, you can only do over collateralized loans. Like, if I wanted to borrow two hundred dollars to pay my life insurance bill once a year i could borrow that two hundred dollars as long as i had like four hundred dollars worth of whatever locked yeah, up like or, or six hundred depending on which yeah which platform yeah and i'd have like that much locked up and then i could borrow that money and i could pay it back in say three months so instead of paying two hundred dollars all at once i'm only paying 75 a month or whatever right when it comes to the crypto sphere like i'm wait and see on anything like that Right. Demonstrate it to me. Yeah. So my thought is that don't do anything like that unless you already are holding enough crypto to pay the entire thing back immediately. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, I say that because what we've seen with some of these platforms is they don't last. And so let's say you took out one of these loans on on a platform that's now closed uh, the wallets or you know to, to all of its customers that's otherwise gone to you um you would be out not only the cryptocurrency but you would still be on the hook legally 
to repay the rest of the loan, even though you it would be impossible for you to get your crypto back. So what you want to be is in a position, this is just my opinion, it's not legal advice or financial advice, what you want to be is in a position where if you're taking out a $200 loan and you're pledging, let's just say, $600 worth of cryptocurrency, you want to have enough to, you want to have at least $600 in more in cryptocurrency than you've pledged, plus whatever the interest fees are to satisfy the entire debt on hand and just awaiting the ability to pay off that loan in full. You also want to be sure as you take out that loan that there isn't some sort of restrictive clause that doesn't allow you to pay off uh, in advance without penalty because now you're talking about real risk. These platforms are still in their infancy. They haven't figured out how to play nicely uh, with governments because, well, governments just don't play nice. And until either they all become DAOs or there's some other consideration in between uh, with the banking financial industry and the governments, uh, the risk is still all on the person borrowing. Yeah. Yeah, this this one I'm thinking of is called Aave, and it's actually a, a D-app on the uh, Polygon and Ethereum blockchains. Okay. So it is it is a D-app. I'm not sure. I'm new to this space myself, so I'm still learning the difference between like DAPs and DAOs and sure. different things like that, so I'm still new to this. But uh, you brought up something about your car earlier, and it would be interesting because what if you could buy your car from this, DAO or DAP or whatever, yeah. and it was an NFT on like the uh, the the uh, the blockchain, like the Ethereum Polygon blockchain uh, sidechain, and it would open for you because you had the the wallet with the right uh, NFT in it, and then it, you could pay it off, and uh, you could send it to somebody else if you sold the car to them, and they could send you money, like just like what you were talking about, but it would be all on chain, so the the car would be sold for crypto on chain and it would work on chain right i'm I'm skeptical of bad ideas pitched as good ideas because they end up on the blockchain <laughs> i don't necessarily yeah. think this is a bad idea though because i think it's i i personally think it's a great idea because it would be a good way to get rid of really banks okay t- typically if you were to do this if you're taking out a loan for a car you're going to do that through banks okay right i hear you but you don't need a you don't need a platform to borrow Bitcoin from somebody, you just go. Hey, no, you just need some sort of some Bitcoin contract or you right. know, no, verbal I, contract, written contract, whatever. So I, also, I also like my manual key for my car. Me too, and I'm yeah, I'm too. a very uh, I'm very I don't want to say like simple person, but I like you know I like cars with manual transmissions. I I don't like all sorts of computers and self driving devices in my car. I like yeah. I like my vehicles to be straightforward and simple. I want to be able to fix it, so I don't. Agree. So now you gotta I have like this limited. wallet attached to something in your car. Well, you don't necessarily no, it need that. Have to be. Well, if it's not going to open for anybody else. Well, we don't really need that part. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I don't necessarily like that part. Good. Then problem solved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I hand you money. You hand me a receipt right. and the key. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you ever bring it to dispute, I go, oh no, look, I've got the receipt right here that we both have signed. Right. And you put right. that in the in the safe somewhere yep. for a dispute. And you ought not worry. Yeah, just like you would, you know, the title or whatever else. Right. A, a bill of sale, yeah. if you will. Go ahead, Colin. With these platforms, uh, supposedly the way I understand this is that instead of being a peer-to-peer lending, it's peer-to-contract-to-peer. Because uh, say I want to borrow two Bitcoin 
and no one wants to lend me two Bitcoin right now, but somebody has, uh, like, the contract has two Bitcoin locked up, mm-hmm. in, you know, from some other people that put money down two years ago or whatever, then I can borrow that two Bitcoin from the contract and pay it back. Well, that's so instead of being peer to peer and having to find somebody well, else to actually. Yeah, you're 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 getting into territory where uh, some of these platforms have gotten into trouble doing what well terrestrial banks do, right? Fractional reserve lending, right? Right. One of these platforms will have you know a uh, hundred Bitcoin uh, under contract, right? And so they'll go, oh well, we can lend out two Bitcoin to to this guy, and then you know something goes awry, and all of a sudden they don't have that Bitcoin. So it's 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 interesting. The dynamic is very similar to what used to be the regular banking industry uh, before the Federal Reserve was created. And that's where banks would be very careful and cautious about loaning anything. And they would never loan. It would be the opposite of that, right? They could on, they would only loan out what they had in excess, mm-hmm. right? right? Instead of loaning out what they had in reserve. Well, I'm also skeptical of the Dow itself, right? Because when that, that, remember the first time that the Dow was written several years ago? Yeah. And some dude took advantage of it uh, on contract by the rules. Right, yeah. And they went, oh, no, we can't do that. And they rolled back the entire Dow. Right, yeah. Right, went, nope, not allowed, even though it was perfectly allowed by contract, by their system. So I want to back up just a little bit because, uh, caller, I'm sorry, what's your name? David from Georgia. Thank you. Uh, David, uh, for our listeners out there, the benefit of doing one of these crypto-backed loans is that you're actually getting USD, that's physical United States dollars, uh, and you're posting as collateral your cryptocurrency. And what that does is it creates a loan. And the benefit to that is you don't have to pay capital gains tax on a loan. That's the benefit of doing this type of transaction. The... Portions of cryptocurrency currently that are, mm, we'll call them gray area or destructive or otherwise uh, sticky wickets, places that I don't want to tread very often if I don't have to, is both the on-ramp and the off-ramp to fiat currency. That's government currencies. That's where the danger lies. If I'm doing my transactions completely in the realm of cryptocurrency, I'm basically fearless. Right. Uh, basically, right? Okay. Uh, now, you want to be on top. You want to have sharp attention to detail. You want to have things reviewed by people if you're participating in anything like a smart contract, right? You you want to make sure that you are on top of it, uh, not only as a technician, but also as uh, somebody who understands the inner workings so of you, cryptocurrency. You take out a two Bitcoin loan and not, not value for a dollar because we're getting rid of the dollars, but the purchasing power of Bitcoin skyrockets overnight. Mm-hmm. And you still have to pay back two Bitcoin. Right. It's gonna t- it's gonna take you that much longer to accumulate that. It's still a risk. Right. Right. But yeah. but what but I'm saying is significantly more risky than standard loans. Sure. But I, I, I guess I'm not today. explaining myself correctly in that like the risk I'm trying to avoid, of course, is government. Right. Like if I make a mistake in the financial world. Okay, great. I'm a human. I made a mistake. I'm able to actually say, oh, you know what? I didn't read that properly, or I didn't get the right advice when entering into this contract, or, you know, something like that. I I only have myself to blame. It's 
the the place where most people are going to get in trouble, particularly with governments, and I'm not just talking about the United States, I'm talking about governments all over the world, is the on-ramp and the off-ramp between the government currencies. When you try to transduce cryptocurrency into government currency, that's where all of these weird things begin to occur. That's where all the risk is. That's where, you know, governments uh, haven't really defined what cryptocurrency is or isn't. And if they have, they contradict each other frequently. So that's where the real risk is. So that's why I say, if you're going to participate in one of these loans, like David is describing, where you have crypto, and you're basically giving that to some other company in exchange for a loan of USD, please have enough crypto available to pay that off immediately. Uh, otherwise, you're probably going to get effed, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. It also seems weird to take out a loan if you have enough to pay it all back already. Just spend your money. If you don't have USD, it's not very weird at all if you okay. need USD to buy something. Okay. Right. And that's and that's well, where but if you have the crypto, right? Rather rather than loaning your crypto to somebody in exchange for USD, just sell it to them, and then you have the transaction is complete. But then you're not. But then you're uh, on the hook for capital gains. All right. So that's that's why the loan is important. If you think about these platform loans, the easiest way, and I know uh, I might be using some verbiage that confuses some of our listeners, uh, think of it as a pawn shop. Most people are familiar with a pawn shop. I, as a guitar player. Right. If I ever found myself short on cash to pay my rent at the end of the month, I could take one of my expensive guitars over to the pawn shop, post my guitar as collateral. They would loan me roughly one quarter of its value uh, in in money. And then I would have to not only pay that loan back, but plus interest. Mm -hmm. And if at the end of that term, it's usually 30, 60, 90 days, I'm not able to pay it back. I can just pay the interest and renew the loan again for another period. That's exactly how these fiat uh, lending or these uh, crypto lending companies, crypto to fiat lending companies work. They're basically a pawn shop for cryptocurrency. And my concern about the value and fluctuation of cryptocurrency as it relates to the loan value. Yeah, it still applies. Okay. Yeah. David? No, nope, that's all I had for you guys tonight. Hey, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. I hope I'm not confusing people too much, right? I, I've participated in one of these where I pledged some crypto. Uh, I was able to get some USD on a loan, uh, negating any capital gains uh, type of things, and then... Uh, I made one payment, and then after that one payment was done, I went ahead and paid the whole thing off. Okay. Right? So they got their origination fee, right, which is you know money in their pocket. Whoever the the loan guy was, you know, he probably made that as commission. They got their one payment from me of, of interest, so they made some money off of me, uh, and then I was able to pay off the loan. Uh, like immediately and there was no penalties it was all written into the contract and all that kind of stuff and then I got my cryptocurrency back but it was a two to one right so if I'm borrowing a hundred bucks I had to pledge 300 bucks okay to, to to make it go 300 bucks worth of cryptocurrency to make the loan go and all the fees associated with that was more than you were more than willing to pay to offset whatever capital gains you would have gotten by selling 100 dollars worth of bitcoin well, so I'm I'm just using these small amounts okay. to you know right. illustrate what it is, so but whatever it's it is. easier to understand. Uh, it I I would have I would much rather pay a private entity uh, a fee for a service than I would pay a government tax. At what ratio? Well, 
uh, it just so happened that it was to my benefit that the fees okay. charged by the lender were less than the whatever the capital gains tax okay. might have been in that transaction. But even having said that, based on my feelings about what government is, I would still probably, even if it was more okay. than what the capital gains tax might have been, I might be willing to pay that to a private entity because, well, I just don't like government. Well, and that's I the don't thing, like government either, but I'll still self-maximize. Well, yeah, and, and but sometimes it's not about money. And sometimes, you know, it's about morals. Principle. Yeah, principle and morals. And it's like, well, do I, I want to give the government more money to go bomb people overseas and jail people? Or would you I know? rather help a startup company in yeah. this, you know, brand new space called DeFi, you know, yeah. get off the ground and, you know, help them do some business? I want the most money in my pocket. Yeah. Whoever's going to get it, yeah. it'll charge less it, and you'll get it. it it all made sense to me when I had a use case, right? Okay. When I didn't have a use case, I was just like, mm, I don't understand. Like, I didn't understand stable coins when they first came out. I was like, why would anybody need a coin that represents the U.S. dollar? It didn't make any sense to me until I got a wallet that also that not only hosted cryptocurrency but also hosted uh, stable coins. And what I was able to do is, whenever a cryptocurrency hit a price. I could move it into stable coins, so now it's at the dollar figure that it was. Right. And then when that cryptocurrency dropped, I could then take that dollar figure and reinvest it. I see it useful as a tool, but in light of the the FTX fiasco recently, right? Right. Along with the fact that you know the <laughs> no. stable coin tether, Dude, the, right, the, didn't have the dollars in reserve that they claimed right. to have to back the tether. The irony is not lost on me in that uh, this this sort of loan that I partic- participated in that I've described here tonight. I got out of like two weeks before the FTX thing happened. Yeah, you could. It could have easily been like you put up two Bitcoin as collateral, and then okay, we don't have your Bitcoin anymore. Right. But you know, congratulations, you just sold us two Bitcoin for a hundred dollar loan. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's still huge risk. Yeah. But if you have a need, you know, look into it and then decide for yourself if it's something you want to participate in. And the reason that I recommend having, you know, uh, not overextending yourself and having enough to pay it off immediately is exactly for that reason. Because if you feel like something's rotten in Denmark or things aren't going to go your way, you want to be able to get your crypto back ASAP. Maybe, if you're lucky. Because with FTX, people did, and they didn't. 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to talk about facial recognition and how authorities are using it, even without permission. This is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. More coming up. going to get to your calls and thoughts momentarily it is free talk live the sunday night edition the telephone number here in the studio 603-283-6160 before we go on though i want to remind everybody that you can join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 15th through the 18th for the seventh annual fork fest at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. 
for 2023, we're going back to where it all started the weekend before Porkfest. So Forkfest is decentralized, and that means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your campsite, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest forum. Again, links to all of that can be found at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there, forkfest.party. All right. Uh, I want to get to this facial recognition stuff, but here Free Talk Live. The calls come first. Let's go to Scott in Michigan. Scott, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? So my question is, or you guys have been chatting about uh, crypto and whatnot, mm-hmm. and my question is basically I'm I'm somewhat aware of crypto being decentralized and, not, you know, takes away some of the control that government entities have. Um, not all crypto is, is decentralized. So just okay. keep that in mind and go ahead with the question. My question is, is like with the Canadian protests, I had heard or heard on the news or read about, like they had, they had frozen people's bank accounts and crypto transfers. How, you know, my, my question is basically, how did they do that or if you can explain that? Yeah, uh, I, I can take a stab at this one. Uh, what they did was they were able to track a wallet, one wallet, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were able to find the provider of that wallet and ask that wallet provider to block any further transactions to that singular wallet address. So be careful okay. what you're using as a wallet provider, right. basically, correct? Sure. So there are wallets out there that are uh, for uh, non-custodial. And that means okay. that you're in charge of them. There's wallets out there that are known as custodial, uh, which means that when you use their wallet, you're actually giving your keys. You've probably okay, heard us say, you've heard not us say, your keys, not your coins. That's right. 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 Okay, cool. So the non-custodial wallet is the better one, in my opinion, because you're not giving up your keys. A custodial wallet is where you're giving up your keys. And in fact, the okay. donation site, the one that they did shut down for the Canadians, was a custodial wallet. So they were able to just go to the gotcha. provider and say, hey, flip a switch and turn this one wallet off. They were not, despite their claims, they were not able to block cryptocurrency transactions from happening. Okay. They were only able okay. to turn off that one wallet. So they could have easily just set up a second wallet, redirected everybody to this other wallet, and Bob's your sure. uncle, they were still getting funds. Uh-huh. And hopefully a non-custodial wallet the second time. Right. Okay. Does that so, make sense? Like, yes, it does. Okay. Thank you. Um, so what are some, some examples, just for everybody that's listening, and I don't even know, but what are some examples of non-custodial versus custodial? I like Edge Wallet, E D G E. That's the one I use. Um, That's the one I use. I also have uh, used Coinomi, C O I N O M I. Those okay. two. Uh, if you, depending on how much cryptocurrency you have and how secure you want to be, you might mm-hmm. also look into what's called a hardware wallet. Trezor mm-hmm. Ledger. Trezor Ledger is the most popular one. Uh, okay. It's basically a USB stick, it's got some encryption on it. Uh, you have to set it up. Just the same way you set up any other wallet where you have a a secure phrase uh, that you're given. uh, And then you can actually keep your cryptocurrency offline completely. Okay. Yeah. Look into paper wallets because that was a thing early on too. Yeah. You just generate the key, the passphrase, and that's your wallet. Yep. Okay. What was the first one that you mentioned? Was Edge? Edge. Yeah. Yep. I like that one because it's very, it's user-friendly. You have it on your phone. 
if you can understand uh, your regular bank's app, you should be able to understand the Edge yeah. app pretty okay. pretty it's, readily. Yeah. It's easy right. to send money back and forth to people, or crypto rather, back yeah. and forth to people. You can even buy it on there, which I don't always recommend. But yeah, they, if you want to do that, it's an option. They actually have an option within the wallet if you want to buy through the wallet where you can buy from a mixture of anybody, any of the mm-hmm. exchanges that are available, or you can specify mm-hmm. non-KYC only mm-hmm. so that you know you're getting... Now, the fees are, of course, a little bit higher for yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. but they have all sorts of fun features. I, I, I recommend them highly. I don't know how that awesome. became to be the wallet that we use around here, but it just happens to work that way. Yeah, I think they did some advertising on Free Talk Is that what once it was? upon a time. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would explain it, but it works. It's useful. Well, I appreciate your info, and then I've got a second question because I'm listening on. Well, I, I listen when I'm driving on an AM 600. Mm-hmm. Um, Out of but where? Then I also I also kind of pick up you guys sometimes when I'm sitting in my vehicle on YouTube, and both you know say that you're live, but they're mm-hmm. not necessarily correlating. Which kind of is closer to being live? Oh, uh, so the AM station. Yeah, we're live seven to ten p.m. Eastern time every day. Okay, okay. And so some stations, though, will play either a a partial broadcast or they will play a previous broadcast, depending. So some stations will play like part of the Sunday night broadcast midday on Monday, for example. Things like that happen occasionally on radio stations. There's some some internet delays when you go through sites like YouTube. Right. For example, we, we, we just rang in the New Year's last week. Right. Yep. And so for me, because I'm a gamer, right, I just turn on Animal Crossing and I let Animal Crossing run the countdown. And when Animal Crossing said it was midnight, uh, you know, by Job, it's midnight. Um, yeah. Off to the side, we had the ball dropping in New York on the Hulu app. Mm-hmm. Right. And that should be like the official time. Right. But that was like a minute delayed uh, behind my, you know, my internet connected device that gets the time from the internet, right. my, you know, Amazon microwave and all the other things that are connected mm-hmm. devices said it was midnight, but the ball dropped like a minute later. So okay. keep that in mind. If you're trying to get like the live feed and you're switching from AM radio to YouTube, YouTube is right. likely going to be delayed by some period of time. Yeah, uh, sure. we recommend watch.freetalklive.com. That'll take you to a page that displays our Odyssey stream, okay. live stream. And so okay. that's probably going to be, like as far as video goes, it's probably going to be more accurate uh, than, than the YouTube live stream or at least more likely to be the live show between 7 and 10 p.m. If it's outside of 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern, then you're likely hearing a rebroadcast. Okay. Well, I appreciate your information. Hey, thanks for the call, Scott. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join in the conversation tonight. Uh, any other comments, concerns? Questions? Facial recognition? All right, let's do I it. I know that guy. Let's do it. Uh, so I actually have several uh, articles about facial recognition. Do the one with the robots. Uh, well, we're going to start oh. with uh, this from Reason. Uh, why a facial recognition device barred this woman from a Rockettes show. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and you know, I did hear about this about, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly Conlon's bizarre experience gives a, gives a glimpse into the future with omnipresent facial recognition systems. Last month, Kelly Conlon arrived with her daughter, uh, with her daughter's Girl Scout troop to watch a Rockettes performance at Radio City Music Hall. Arguably, she was the chaperone. 
but she abruptly was denied entry. Why? Conlon works for a law firm the venue's parent company had blacklisted. While the policy is unusual, Conlon was found out for an even more surprising reason, the venue's use of facial recognition technology. Conlon's experience, while bizarre, gives a glimpse into the future with abundant facial recognition devices, one where our personal information can be accessed and used against us at a moment's notice. Just how Conlon ended up being turned away by security guards starts with a corporate grudge. According to NBC New York, Conlon is an attorney working for the New Jersey-based law firm Davis, Saperstein, and Solomon, which is currently involved in a personal injury litigation against a restaurant owner owned by MSG Entertainment, the parent company that also owns Radio City Music Hall. Well, all right. So like ten degree or seven degrees yeah. of Kevin Bacon here. A twist of this litigation is that the company decided that all attorneys working for law firms engaged in litigation against them are banned from entering events at our venues until that litigation has been resolved. Seems reasonable, and if not reasonable, well within their right to do. As Conlon describes, she was identified almost immediately by a facial recognition device. It was pretty simultaneous, I think, to me, going through the metal detector that I heard over an intercom or loudspeaker, Conlon told NBC New York. I heard them say, woman with long dark hair and a gray scarf. After being stopped by security, they demanded her name and ID and told her that facial recognition had picked her up. They knew my name before I told them. They knew the firm I was associated with before I told them, and they told me I was not allowed to be there, Conlon said. So creepy. Isn't it? Like, I mean, so so you're a lady, you're chaperoning a Girl Scout troop, you've got tickets to the Rockettes show, right? And you show up with this, you know, group of girls, arguably, and uh, you, you go in and they're like, ah, yeah, the girls can come in, but you, no, <laughs> not you, you can't come in. And it's kind of embarrassing for her, too. Plus, if she's the only chaperone there, that kind of ruins the whole field trip for the Girl Scout troop. Again, libertarians don't want to hear this, but this is this is a an extension of no, I mean, the reputation rating system. No, it's... Right? She's and, banned, whether she knew it or not. Yeah. They, they have a right to deny her entry. Yep, it's, they have it's a right within to their rights, yeah. but it just... I'm 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 just saying like as far like on a human level it, for her like that it, sucks. It doesn't have to be the government that holds all this data, right? But if it's all out there for everyone to use, so you know what your reputation score is wherever you go in the world, you're going to run into situations like this. Despite insisting that she does not work on cases against MSG or even practice in New York, Conlin was still denied entry and forced to wait outside during the show. I was just a mom taking my daughter to see a Christmas show, Conlon told NBC New York. It was embarrassing. It was mortifying. Conlon's law firm is challenging the policy, claiming that it violates MSG's liquor license. So their only, oh. their only retort against this, of course, is to enforce a state uh, licensure. Good thing the state has all those laws to enforce against anybody for whatever reason they choose. The liquor license, which requires them to admit members of the public unless there are people who would be disruptive, who constitute a security threat, according to one member of Conlon's firm. However, the most troubling part of the story isn't why Conlon was turned away, but how. Facial recognition devices are becoming increasingly common in public spaces and private businesses. However, these devices, 
while often touted as a reasonable security measure, have dangerous implications for privacy rights. After all, Conlon could only be stopped because MSG Entertainment had access to a database with pictures of her and personal information tying her to her job. Adding to these privacy concerns, there's good reason to believe that facial recognition data collected by private businesses won't stay in corporate hands for long. Corporate face surveillance is dangerous because government agencies could one day demand access to all of the data amassed by companies in order to institute essentially a turnkey authoritarian surveillance regime, wrote Reasons Ron Bailey. And something tells me that Madison Square Garden is not going to stick up for you when the government right. comes yeah. or the What's feds gonna come. What's going to happen is, you know? yeah, some feds going to show up, flash a badge. I'm going to go, yeah. yes, sir, here's the data. Because they don't care. They don't care about your privacy, clearly. This is another one of those areas where it seems a little bit overblown because the government already has most people's faces because you get a government ID, you get a state ID, mm-hmm. you get a driver's license, right? You've already you've already given them that information, so yep. they're just going to collect what cooperating information from well, private companies' databases. I mean, that's exactly what's happened here. Okay. Right? You know, they've they've taken, you know, they basically scanned the Internet for this face. Sure. Came up with a bunch of matches like, oh, she works for this company. Yeah. Right. She's uh, banned. On the back of convenience stores, it used to have the board, right, passes bad checks. Right. Yeah. And your face was plastered over there and the yeah. clerk would have to turn around and look. So you're like, oh, is this the guy who's on or, the or board? Or a copy of your, of your, or whatever the, it is. the bad check. Sure. Right? Yeah. With your name on it. So if you try to write one again, you're like, uh, no. So, so this is, this is a practice that has been done. Right since the dawn of the ability to do this, and technology has approved the efficiency of well, the practice. It, right, but now we're talking about identifying somebody by their face, yeah, rather than by their transaction. Well, if you get security footage of the dude's face together, he passed the bad check, and there's his face right there. If you see this guy, don't right. Serve but previously, him. you wouldn't uh, associate that particular person with anything uh, unless they've first passed a bad check. And then, you know, been put on that list. Right. Right. So and the guy could still come and go into the store, for example, right? If it was a grocery store that he passed a bad check in. Well, unless you see his face. Store, you see his convenience face. Store. Uh, if, and only if you recognize him. Yeah. Right. So if you're a clerk who wasn't on duty the day he passed the check, you wouldn't know right. who he was. You wouldn't he know. He could come in and still spend cash. Sure. And it not be a problem. But as soon as he went to write a check, then you'd compare it to the wall of checks and be like, oh, no, sorry, Bob, whatever, whoever right. the guy is. But still, same same idea in practice and in concept, just more efficient with technology. Facial recognition data in government hands, as Bailey wrote, could lead to a staggering invasion of individuals' most basic privacy rights, leading to pervasive real-time video tracking of citizens as they visit their doctors, attend religious services, engage in private sexual activity, and participate in political meetings, gatherings, and protests. All true. While Conlon's unpleasant rejection from Radio City Music Hall seems strange, it is likely that the facial recognition systems that enabled it and the dangers they present to individual privacy aren't going away anytime soon. So here's the other thing, right? When you go out in public, it is your responsibility for your own privacy, right? If you don't want to be seen, put on the hood, wear the mask, put on the sunglasses, obscure your identity the best you can free people people do not need to go to those lengths to be free well and also sometimes they don't allow you to freedom Hmm? i've i've walked in many places where it's like you got to take your sunglasses off you got to take your hat off 
So you don't you don't even really have You're that on option. They're on their property at that point. They yeah. set the rules. Well, I'm just saying it's that's usually not even an option to, you know, like protect your identity by right. going through these measures. Yeah. Uh, but it's still your responsibility. So uh, if you if you if privacy is more important than shopping at yeah, whatever then I store guess you're going don't to. Go. Right. The the ability to be private uh to me is um I wouldn't say equivalent but insanely important uh from a, a person who loves freedom and loves to be okay. free. I need to be free to have my privacy. I need to be able to turn it on and turn it off when necessary. So if there's somebody... But not out in public? If they're... Specifically in public. No, that's the opposite. Private, public. Privacy, publicity. Private. They don't go hand in hand. They're opposites. Uh, You have a degree of... You you should have a degree of anonymity while in public. And that is, is your responsibility to maintain. Maybe. Who else's? Whose responsibility is it to maintain the anonymity of the captain when he's walking down Main Street? Well, uh, I can tell you that uh, this next article from the Free Thought Project has an innocent man thrown in jail after facial recognition tech gets it wrong again. So multiple instances of facial recognition uh, getting it wrong uh, facial recognition and other sources of artificial intelligence technology can be biased, make errors, and is privacy invasive. Nevertheless, it's still being used by American police departments, sometimes with disastrous results. Uh, they have links to several of their other stories. I won't bore you with that stuff. Uh, from Common Dreams, false match that led to arrest highlights danger of facial recognition. Recognition. Law enforcement must drop this dangerous technology. We shouldn't have to worry about being falsely arrested because an algorithm gets it wrong, said the ACLU after a Georgia man was misidentified as a purse thief. Yep. Instead of, uh, this was written by Jessica Corbett. Instead of enjoying the late Thanksgiving meal with his mother in Georgia, Randall Reed spent nearly a week in jail in November after he was falsely identified as a luxury purse thief by Louisiana authorities using facial recognition technology. That's according to Monday reporting by NOLA.com, which caught the attention of Fight for the Future, a digital rights group that has long advocated against law enforcement and private entities using such technology, partly because of its shortcomings and the risk of outcomes like this. So I I forget what state it is, and I don't know how many states there are, but somewhere out there, fifty states understood. But where this particular, where this particular uh, act is allowed, right, and that is to actively resist an unlawful re- arrest, right? You don't, you don't, you don't need to worry about you know the the algorithm getting it wrong. If you go like, well, I am certain I stole no purse, and you defend yourself against that arrest. Well, and they're gonna say that's that's cute, and yeah, they're then, gonna cuff you and put you in jail, yeah, or shoot you. Or shoot you. Okay, so take your take your chances, right? You you can shoot first. That's allowed yeah, if you're being I, unlawfully arrested. A- absolutely, it, it yeah. like self defense is allowed. Yeah. However, so more of that. However, please. most people though? most people are going to choose to live than die over you know something like this. But but is it though? Is self defense really allowed in this case? Self defense so, is so, always allowed. So if you if you're being wrongfully arrested yeah. and you're like I am ap- I am not this person yep. I am innocent yep. and you draw on the police officer 
That is self-defense. Even, even if they don't end up killing you after that. Let's just say they do. Let's say they misidentify you, right? And they say, you're a purse thief. And you go, nope, yeah. I'm not a purse thief. And, uh, and, and they draw their guns and you decide to defend yourself, right? And let's say they kill you. Right, and then later on they go. Then I'm dead, and then you're dead. And then later on they find the actual purse thief, and they go, yep. "Oh crap, we were in the wrong. You were in the right for defending yourself but, against yes. a false arrest." I would say morally, but I still think in. The I'm not way, advocating for like wait, pulling your gun on no, cops, of course. No, of course, but I just don't think that would play out very well in court. I think that that person it would be like, "Oh, you're aggressing an officer, whatever charges they want to come up with." It, well, that's why if it's in places where it's allowed, right, you can use that defense in court, right? And then if they were in the wrong, right, they, they should not have been arresting you or accosting right. you. And there are states who have recently said that, hey, you can defend yourself just fine against a false arrest. That's what I'm saying. You know, so, so there, there check are your, precedents Check your statute. These. Yeah. You know, it's going to play out how it's going to play out. Yeah. But if you're considered... Tennessee? I can't remember the state, like, most recently that I heard. Okay. That I can't remember it, but... Either way, right, more of that, right, people, innocent people defending themselves against false arrest will likely lead to less false arrest in the long run because you got to make sure you're getting it right, right. Yeah. before you draw and try to cuff an innocent person. Right. Yeah, right. most people are, uh, they, they take the opposite of that. They're like, oh, well, we'll fight it out in court and you yeah. know, we'll figure it out. And like oftentimes it doesn't go your way. Yeah, no. Which you're more than welcome to do, but welcome to justice in America. Right. Yeah, let's, you know, settle this right now. Uh, the article continues, so much wrong here, Fight for the Future said Tuesday, sharing the story on Twitter. The group highlighted that many cops can use facial recognition systems without publicly disclosing it, and anyone's life can be upended because of a machine's mistake. Uh, and then they have a little bit of a, a Twitter here that says the same thing, and they say, uh, cops are using facial recognition without disclosing the fact that they're using it. Police can scan your face using your driver's license, photo, pics on social media, and more. You can be arrested. Your life can be upended because of a machine's mistake. So more accountability then for the algorithms and the police or whomever, right? Because if you're not going to defend yourself against a false arrest and you're going to say, like, well, let's settle this later, right? Then you should be compensated for your time and whatever else you lost along with it. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, like, uh, anybody besides police... Right. There's you know, a couple of dudes who come up to you and they're armed and they're like, hey, we're going to kidnap you. Are you going to just be like, uh, sure, I'll go with you and I'll nope. figure it out. We'll later. settle this out later. Or are you going right, to yeah. defend yourself? No, I'm going to defend myself. Right? So then uh, the picture changes when police are in it. It's a pretty uniform and a shiny why? badge. It's a pretty uniform, it's a pretty and, a shiny uniform and a shiny badge. That's why that's what and, most people think it's different. It's you know, just people. Do you know why it's different, though? Because it's easier to defend yourself later on in court against two random people versus someone that is a police officer or federal agent, whatever, right. state government bureaucrat. Because of the shiny badge and the uniform. Because That's of the state. Right. Yes. That backs the shiny badge and the pretty uniform. Yeah. 603-283-6160. Uh, what are your thoughts on facial recognition and police using it to identify people? even though uh, they're not officially allowed to use these systems. Give us a call. Let us know. More Free Talk Live is next. Free Talk Live. 
back. Well, decidedly most, more baritone again. Most of us are back. Or whatever. Somebody sprayed a can of host be gone. <laughs> not, not sure where the where the other co-host went. I think she'll be back. She left her stuff. So, eh. If anyone knows how to hack a laptop, <laughs> one sitting on the desk. Hack top. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. It is the Sunday night edition. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us here in the studio, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Uh, I would like to say thank you to, I believe this is supposed to be supposed to say clamoring and not calmering. <coughs> But uh, clamoring, totally different person. Yeah, clamoring is a silver level amplifier. Oh, I see. She went and uh, made breakfast. Yeah, that's what happened. Didn't even bring us any. Selfish host. <laughs> <laughs> she occasionally shares. Uh, so she does. She actually gave me a loaf of bread when I was on my off diet week. There you go. How it did was, you like it? It was delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was you. great. Great toast as well. Like that. That stuff toasted up great. Uh, it took butter like a like a that's, sponge. That's what I got right now. Some sourdough. Yeah, I was really good with. I had some uh, Vermont extra sharp cheddar. Oh, that sounds delicious. I just melted it on top. Oh of it. yeah, yeah, and it was you know, a little bit of garlic powder on it. It was great. Uh, at any rate, I would like to say thank you to Clamoring, who is tonight's amplifier. Uh, Clamoring is a silver level amplifier, which means they give five bucks a month to the amplifier program here at Free Talk Live. What is the amplifier program? You might ask. Well, if you go over to amps.freetalklive.com, you'll find out all about the Amplifier program. Essentially, uh, you pledge an amount of money every month, and that money goes to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live, the radio program. It's a way for you, the listener, if you enjoy the show, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, and the topics, the perspective of freedom, peace, and liberty that we bring, a way for you to help get this radio program onto more radio stations. We're on around 170, 180 stations right now. We could be on 200, 250, 300 radio stations. Not out of the question. It is all up to you. Uh, Five bucks is all we ask. You can give more. There's little gifts and little things that you get uh, for becoming an amplifier, including access to the amp-only podcast, which is a commercial-free version uh, of the entire show every day. Uh, but that's not why you should subscribe. You should subscribe because you believe in peace, liberty, freedom, and uh, all of those good things that come from our perspective here on Free Talk Live. And you want to see and help us spread that message. Amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Clamoring. We appreciate you. All right. Uh, before we talk more about uh, this facial recognition stuff, uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts. We have Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. So I've been hearing that um, if you have a badge of a police officer, they've been getting away with traffic and speeding tickets. Like the other officers, if they know you got a badge, they would not give you a ticket. And- yep. You don't say. Yeah, that, this happens to be true, right? I mean- yep, I've heard that happening with uh, drunk driving cases, too, where a cop will be... Drunk driving, belligerent, Cop, judge, you know. politician. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're part of the club, free ticket. Yeah, it's Only what what free what club ticket? If you're part of the, if you're a bureaucrat, if ticket? you're uh, a judge or any you know cop, whatever they 
it's pretty much they're never going to get any sort of speeding ticket, drunk driving charge, or maybe any other charge. I mean, I've heard of cops and, you know, judges getting off with worse things like assault and rape and things like that. I mean, they can almost do whatever they want. And very rarely are they held accountable for their actions on the job and in their private life. Well, I, you know, I believe it because I, I know that somebody that had a former special badge and then he admitted that he used to do 140 miles per hour and they would just show him a badge and he'd just get away with it. And yep. so now I believe that it's for true. You know? Well, Sarah, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, because um, as far as I know, you don't do very much driving, but I have encountered you know, on several occasions where police officers in their cruiser on duty will be speeding on the highway going maybe a hundred miles an hour or more, you know, I, and I'm, so it's the, and of course another police officer is not going to pull them over. They're in their cruiser. And even if they did, they would probably have some excuse. I got caught pacing a cop once cause he was going fast. I'm like, I'll just follow that guy. Yeah. And another one got me from behind. Oh, it's like, well, what's up with this guy? Right. Oh, yeah, like, he has somewhere to be. He has a special badge. He can do whatever he wants. This right, guy was yeah. pacing Dave. That's kind of the number. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course I was, because if you're allowing him to do it, I should be yeah, allowed come to do on. it too. Right. So, Sarah, I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that, you know, if you're in some sort of a club and you bump into somebody else who's also in that club, that they're going to treat you differently. And so uh, while uh, police are a gang... Uh, they are. They recognize themselves uh, when interacting with each other, and uh, I mean it's very common to hear stories about you know a governor got pulled over for DUI, completely got off scot free, you know, not even a problem. Uh, cops are infamous for letting other cops go for traffic infractions. You know, they get busted speeding in like a rental car or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, it's Dave from Precinct Forty Two or whatever." They're like, "No, go ahead, it's fine." The only time they really get in trouble mm-hmm. is when they get belligerent about it. Right, like then, then well, the judge will get in trouble because he jumped out of his car and like tossed yeah. the cop. Do you know who I am? Right, yeah. Like, if, dude, just flash the shiny badge. Yeah, and that's on it. Your way. Sarah, so the, if they if you get a ticket from a speeding camera, that can they be excused? Can they? Oh can sure, they, yeah. If I don't know if they really? can be. I, mean, I don't know if they can be excused immediately, but if anything, they would just go to the clerk, magistrate, whatever the yeah. the trial. Would be like, hey, you know, this is prosecutor's I'm not going to prosecute a cop. Exactly. So they'll just be like, okay, whatever. Sorry, or sorry even, for wasting your time. Or even the uh, even the the paper pusher, right? Who yeah. who has to you know file all of these things? Yeah, they might just otherwise so- put them in a database yeah. and you know that kind of a thing. Lost uh, it. They might just go walk down there and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, this happened, and uh, uh, you know, can you make it go away? And they do. Yeah. Uh, you're never going to know. Mm. Whoever has admin credentials to their database can just erase that crap. Yep. Be- before it was cool mm. to be like liberty minded and freedom oriented. It was even cooler to know it's a cop. It's never been uncool. Well, I get it, but <laughs> but it was also cool to know a cop, right? Because he'd be like, hey, right, yeah. uncle, I got a ticket. He's like, oh, just give me that thing, boy. Right. Right? And then they go t- they go magically take care of it, and right. it's taken care of. Yeah. Thin blue line. <laughs> you yeah, see this on TV and in the movies all the time, though. Really? But I, I know I know of somebody... I know of somebody that used to be an officer, like the corrections and the and a 
badge, and he told me that he got away with all kinds of speeding and all that. So now I know for sure now I got confirmation, you know, which is sad. We did a story um, not too long ago, maybe last year sometime, about a guy who just found himself a replica police badge for his state. Nice. Uh, and then just carried that around, and whenever he'd get pulled over, he'd show it. And he got away with a whole bunch of crap, even though he was never a police officer. He finally got busted for impersonating one, but... You know, mm. which is really... probably worse than the speeding ticket. <laughs> well, or whatever yeah. he was doing. Just leave it on the dash, right? Like I, it was just yeah. there, man. Or I know it. some people. You have the state police stickers. Yeah. Yep. Some people just leave it on, you know, your bumper, and they will probably leave you alone. There was a, uh, at least in Hawaii, there was the the organization for police. I forget. I forget the name, but it was like Shopo. Right. Okay. And if you donated enough money, right, yeah. you got a bumper sticker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you if you saw the bumper sticker, you knew that they were a big donor and you don't want to mess with donors who are donating to your organization. Yeah. So. There was something uh not too long ago, and it might still exist, I'm not sure, but it was like the policeman's death benefit fund. Okay. Uh they would uh they were a they would use telemarketers to like call people and like get you to contribute, and then if you did, they would send you a sticker yep. or a couple of stickers and that kind Whatever. of thing. Uh, that coupled with like a like a fire department sticker, something like that, on the back of your car, probably gets you out of a lot of stuff. Yep. Mm. This is not advice. It's but, just you know reality talk. Just observations. Observations. But you know something that nobody gets away with nothing. I mean, in in the long run, the karmically, yeah, you could cheat and lie, but you're gonna have to pay it. Some way, somehow. I don't either. know. Take a look at any former president, right? Are, are they having to pay some way, somehow? No. They're living lives of luxury despite the fact that they've bombed brown people into oblivion. I don't know. I agree with Sarah on this one. It comes around eventually. Maybe not in this life, but the next How life, the afterlife. How old is Bush Jr.? They, they well, haven't, like they I haven't said, suffered it might not, any repercussions from it their It might evil. not be this life. It might be the next life. It might be the afterlife. Right. I know some uh, some of y'all don't up. believe in There's that, no, but mm-hmm, right, yeah, you're gonna have to pay all these people that are getting so called. They're gonna have to pay it up some other way somehow. Like like I said, if it's not in this life, they have to pay it up in the next life. Yeah, I don't know. Her, like like you know? if you don't if you don't seek justice for uh, against somebody who wronged you personally, uh, I don't believe that anybody else is going to seek that justice for you. They may get some, you know, they may have some event in their life that makes you feel better about yourself because, oh, well, no, I feel better because they got their karmic retribution. But if you don't seek justice yourself, it's so, not going to find them so for let's, you. Let's talk about this briefly because I know a lot of people don't like to hear this part of my thought process. For the individualist anarchist, right? to maximize your own personal freedom and your own personal liberty, right? What you should do is work for the state because there is nobody more free that can get away with more things no, than state workers, politicians up at the highest level, yeah, right? You're they, wrong, but you're not wrong. They, they can do the worst to yep. the most innocent people and get away with it, yeah. right? And that means for, for us and whatever level of freedom we're seeking... It is not quite there yet, because we can't even do that. However, working for the state uh, violates a non-aggression principle. And for me, it's like on on a spiritual level, like I would not be free because my soul would be chained to the state and some, not saying it's not just me having a social security card and whatever, having a driver's license and stuff, but still, 
like on a moral, ethical, spiritual level. I wouldn't be able Got to. Got it. Hey, Sarah, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Individualist anarchists are not beholden to the non-aggression principle, right? It's maximizing your personal freedom and liberty. That's it. That's. I mean, yeah, choosing to adhere to the nap is a choice. It is a choice, right? So you like. I guess there could be anarchists that don't adhere to it. But if you can, if you get more freedom and more liberty by aggressing against a certain number of people, but in your personal life, you've gotten freedom and more liberty, Bob's your uncle there too. There you go. Whatever it takes. Let's go to more of your calls and thoughts. We've got Major Payne calling from Michigan. Bata. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Hang on. I'm letting the dog in. No. I refuse to hang on. You called us. <laughs> All right. Um, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, Major. I believe you just answered the age-old question, the song that everybody knows but no. hates to remember. No. Who let the dogs out? It was Major Payne. No, he let now them we in. Know. Oh, well, who let him out? But in order, we to, don't know who let him out. But well, Major Payne let, let him back in. In order to let him in, he had to let him out. That's not true. Not necessarily. Dogs. Yeah, they're his dogs. But oh, someone else could be there. The, egg, huh? the neighbor could have let the dogs out. He went. I'm going to get my dogs and I'm going to let them back in. Okay, let's settle this, Major. Did you let the dogs out and then back in? Corrupt, sir. That didn't sound like an answer. Major Payne substitutes the word corrupt for the word correct. Okay. I, I, you would have well, to know I, that to, to translate. I'm practicing not being a politician, right? There you go. Anyway. I, I don't um, know why you'd do that. I don't know. I'm just funning. So as far as this facial recognition, I got a ditty on that that they're making me do pretty much at the county jail. And then I got a story about a local judge here 20 years ago that got raided and busted well, for cocaine. We'll pick one. All we'll pick one. So anyway. At the local jail here, in order to put money in my kid's uh, feed bag account, you know, for yep. the commissary, yep. I got to go in there and stand in front of this damn gizmo, and they just started putting this screen up on the one side, and you got to put your face in the middle of the block, and if I got a hat on or my glasses, this thing argues with taking my picture, and sometimes I got to stand there and stand there and stand there. Finally, I get sick and tired, and I take my hat and my glasses off, and then it'll clear me. But, uh, yeah, they're they're making me use this damn thing, wow. and I don't want nothing to do with it. Now, I know that sometimes, I don't know about in your area, I know that sometimes you can put money on somebody's commissary, like, through a website on a, on a you know, web app, uh, that kind yeah, of I, thing. I, I could use my debit card, but I don't want to give the damn j- jailhouse my digits either. Yeah. Hire a homeless guy to go do it for you. Just give him five bucks to put whatever into the machine. Yeah. It's 15 miles out of town. You have to pay more than that to hike up there. No, you just get a local homeless guy. Jesus. That's to solve everything for him? 15 miles out of town. There ain't no homeless <laughs> guy. <laughs> Would you volunteer to be the local homeless guy? Me? Yeah. Maybe. Depends how much it's paid. Five bucks? Five bucks? If I had no other source of income, sure. Why not? What else am I going to do? Major? It's all Sounds opportunity like cost. Sounds Who's like- going to get the five bucks first? <laughs> anyway, so this, this judge here about 20 years ago, my ex-wife was actually sitting on the porch across the street and watched it all go down. Okay. The hunt team, here on undercover narcotics team, raided old Judge Johnson's house, brought him out in cuffs, and uh, she happened to be in court the next day and on, on a charge facing him. He was still on the bench the next day, but his head was just hanging. I mean, you could tell he was broken. But they ended up shipping the damn... Uh, trial down to down to uh, Bay City, you know, in a little bit of a different jurisdiction. 
and uh, sure as hell, it all went away. Mm, yeah. So either it went, either it goes away, or in cases like that, he he ran afoul of somebody higher up than him. Right. Right. And then the, yeah. I know. Back in the day, I knew the guy who slung all the cocaine to the judges and the lawyers and the cops. Yeah. It was all a big damn ring. Isn't it amazing that uh, cocaine, like one of the biggest uh, demographics of cocaine use, is attorneys? Well, they got to work those long hours, man. <laughs> attorneys, both prosecution and defense. Staying right? up late, researching documents. If only there was an AI for that. <laughs> Major, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160 is the number if you'd like to participate this evening. Um, yeah, I don't really want to get too deep into the war on drugs, but the whole thing is just ridiculous. We learn from prohibition of alcohol that prohibition does not work. We learn that when government tries to wage war on a drug or drugs, that heinous and evil things happen, like, for example, the government poisoning a bunch of alcohol and killing people. We also learned from Prohibition you need a constitutional amendment to prohibit it and a second one to deprohibit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also I, doesn't apply to the other drugs for some odd reason. I just really wish that free people would begin acting freely. <sighs> you don't want to know what that looks like from the perspective of this show. Let's just say more so than they currently are, right? Okay. I, I would like to see an improvement. Right? Sure. Okay. I would like to see people say things and, and act in ways that are like, you know what? I don't need to fill out these pieces of paper to prove that I am a free person. I don't right. need to be carrying the correct paperwork to prove that I am free. Right. I would like just, I mean, that in and of itself would be a huge step in the I right mean, direction. It's difficult. Like from my perspective, so I don't really like to validate the existence or the legitimacy of the state, right. but I have a driver's license. Right. I have a nursing license. Right. Um, you know, there's certain things I'm not willing to do that break certain laws yeah. because I don't want to go to jail. Right. So to me, being out of jail is more freedom than being in jail. So unfortunately, I have to do the dance yep. to not go to jail, you which is more important. You are within the confines that they set for you. Right. Exactly. It's, so, like, uh, you know. it's like walking into the federal courthouse for sure. uh, Ian's Crypto 6 trial. Yeah. Uh, the the amount of monkey dancing like that I had to do against my personal philosophies and principles, yeah. uh, I did because I wanted to see the damn trial. Yeah. Right. You know, I it's, wanted to come face to face with the evil that was the prosecution. You know, the evil that is the judges and, and everybody yeah. that works there. And just as a side note, I have to say that the, the federal... Uh, building their IT people suck ass. Oh, yeah, of course. They're horrible at operating technology. There were so many times during that trial that I, I'd lean over to the guy next to me and be like, you know, if I did that horrible a job in my job, I'd be fired tomorrow. Yep. They couldn't even bring, like, a, an Excel spreadsheet up on screen, you know, like, efficiently and, you know, without having to, like, reboot several things and, you know, yeah. go to somebody else's computer to make it happen. Well, have you ever used a, a state website? They are horrible. <laughs> Internet I mean, Explorer only. Yeah. yeah. Still. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even though it has been unsupported for right. years now. So early, early on in my move towards freedom and liberty, right, I had the conversation with the, the parental units. Yeah. And I talked to my dad and he goes, I am free because I don't want to do anything illegal. And I go, all right. So he can do everything he wants to do in life, 
because nothing he wants to do is illegal. But it is because, as we said in the beginning of the show, everything is illegal. Three to an extent. A day. Right. But he gets away with he gets away with those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's it's those people, the oppressed people who want to do things above and beyond. Right. Who want to venture beyond their confines. Right. That run into the the strong arm of the state. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not very good at it. I'm human. I make mistakes all the time. Sure. But I would rather uh, than using legal as my barometer of, you know, what I do. I would rather use uh, either morality or principles. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or a combination of the two. Right. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to live a more principled life, a consistent life. Principles allow me to be more consistent in my actions. But I also find that being principled uh, makes me violate more laws. Right. Yep. <laughs> Which should be the antithesis, like like le- the legality and uh, principles should sort of align if the world is a good place and government yep. is supposed well, to, you know, be all this protector of you know liberty and life and all that crap. They which would, it's not. They would say on the aggregate it is aligned because the law is the morality of the community. Nope. Mm, I disagree. Not this community. Not this one. You're correct. Right. But that's that's the presumption. Right. That's the notion that they set out there. Is you know, the law is the dictates of your masters. Well, I would agree with that. And also, considering the U.S. has more people imprisoned than anywhere else, I'm going to have to go with it's not any community within the United States. The law probably doesn't align with that. Right. So I agree. With I don't you. think any. You know, the majority of people I think disagree with most laws, whether it's things like speeding, doing drugs, whatever it is, doing drugs while speeding. Yes. Right. <laughs> so act free and find out how free you are. Yeah. Right. Well, it would it would certainly be revealing to a lot of people. Right. Well, that's the thing. They don't like like my dad. Right. Doesn't act free. Stays like as free within the confines right. of what he's comfortable with to not run afoul of the law. Right. I remember uh, I used to carpool in uh, the city of Seattle with some people, and you know you take turn drive. It's your way to drive. It's his way to drive. Whatever. And I mean the amount of times that somebody said, including myself. That should be illegal. Where's a cop when you need them? That kind of a stuff. Just on the road. Yep. Right? It was amazing. Right? Just in a, a daily commute to and from your nine to five in a big city. And I recognize now that that was the wrong perspective. 603-283-6160. Call us if you want to join us. Free Talk Live. More coming up next. With our mouths full uh, of egg and of banana. And, I know, tried. I tried. You know, out of the three times that it was going to be the three of us, I think you failed each time. I was going to try with my mouth full, but then I was like, that's a bad idea. Yeah, it's, it's not a good idea to eat and drink while trying to do professional radio. No, but you know, I, I got to squeeze all of my profession. Hey, everybody's busy. Everybody's Plus busy. sleeping into one day. We took away two breaks, so now she's got much shorter breaks. I know. Eat. Well, yeah. that's my eating time. It was. It was. <laughs> Trying to eat at the top of the hour instead of the bottom of the hour. It's a longer break. 
Anyway, yeah, Nikki. 6.03. Well, try and be on time, on too. Air again. Yeah. Try and be on time, too, for the show. Right? Yeah, well, again, I was sleeping, <laughs> so. Uh, 603-283-616. I forgive you. Richie, however, does not. That's all right. Oh, yeah. You have to work that out with him somehow. Mm, I'll bring cookies against- next week. It's fine. Damn it. That's my off week. Ugh, fine. The week after that. Okay, fine. But I'm on the diet. I can't help Well, it. you know, I can't make everybody happy. Can you you already bring- forgave her. You- this is my forgiveness bring- gift. <laughs> exactly. Can you bring beef jerky or something? Okay. Something- that could possibly okay. be arranged. <laughs> what is the name of the show? Free Talk Live. What's the phone number? 603-283-6160. All right, cool. Uh, we were talking about facial recognition. And, you know, we covered a, a lady who was taking a, her, her daughter and some Girl Scouts to a Rockettes show, and she got facially recognized by some software and was basically not allowed to attend the Rockettes show. Blackballed. Uh, and then we were talking about uh, this man, uh, what's his name? Reed something Reed. Mm, Reed, a 28-year-old man who was allegedly, mm, sorry, who was misidentified as one of three people who allegedly stole over $10,000 in Chanel and Louis Vuitton purses from That's a pair of like shops a handful of purses. via yeah. bogus credit card purchases. Okay. Was pulled over by local police in George's DeKalb County on November 25th while he was driving on Interstate 20 to meet up with his mother, uh, NOLA.com reported. Quote, they told me I had a warrant out of Jefferson Parish. I said, what is Jefferson Parish? I have never been to Louisiana a day in my life. Ah, so he knew where Jefferson Parish was. Well, maybe that was indicating after they told that he. Him. Oh, okay. Then they told me it was for theft. So not only have I not been to Louisiana, I also don't steal. Reed wasn't released from the DeKalb County Jail until December first. While behind bars, he worried about losing his job as a transportation analyst and being convicted of felonies that he did not commit. That's terrible. Not eating, not sleeping. I'm thinking about these charges, not doing anything because I don't know what's really going on the whole time, he said. They didn't even try to make the right ID. Tommy Coligero, Reed's lawyer, told NOLA.com that Jefferson Parish Sheriff's (laughs) Office detectives tacitly admitted the misidentification and rescinded a July warrant. The news outlet also noted that court records show a Baton Rouge Police Department detective adopted JPSO's identification of Reed to secure an arrest warrant for one of the thefts. So uh, slow down real quick, because you said he was in jail until December, mm-hmm. but this was for a July warrant. So when when did they actually arrest him? Uh, that was November 25th. Okay, so the warrant had already been rescinded. Whatever cop who arrested him didn't even get the notice, and then he spent a week in jail. I think it's the other way around. I think it was the following July when it was rescinded. Oh, not okay. The, not All the right. previous. All right. Carry on. Uh, anyway, so he's not eating, not sleeping, et cetera, and so on. According to this report, Sheriff Joe Lapinto's office did not respond to several requests for information on Reed's arrest and release the agency, use of facial recognition, or any safeguards around it. That office also denied a formal request for the July 18th arrest uh, warrant for Reed and copies. So I think you're right. The the warrant came first in well, July, but it wasn't served until November. When you said December, I just assumed it was December 2022. Right, because we're reading Assumably, current. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, 
and we haven't had July 2023 yet, as far as I know. So Right. The office also denied a formal request for the arrest warrant and copies of policies or purchases related to facial recognition, citing an ongoing investigation. Baton Rouge Police also did not respond to questions about its warrant for Reed's arrest. The warrant signed by 19th Judicial District Judge uh, Ebony Rose, spelled E-B-O-N-I, Ebony Rose, does not say how Lepinto's office identified Reed. As Fight for the Future summarized, police blindly trusted a facial recognition scan to arrest a man in Georgia. He was wrongly imprisoned for a week. Now, surprise, surprise, the cops are stonewalling the press about their failure. Experts from the ACLU of Louisiana and the Electronic Privacy Information Center shared concerns with NOLA.com about police use of the technology, which as research has shown more frequently misidentifies people of color. In response to reporting on Reed's experience, the National ACLU on Tuesday stressed the flaws of facial recognition tools and asserted that law enforcement must drop this dangerous technology. We shouldn't have to worry about being falsely arrested because an algorithm gets it wrong. Okay, again, hold on a minute because, yes, the algorithm is going to get it wrong, but prior to the algorithm, they went on, like, the description of the... Uh, right, yeah. Right, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like uh, when I was in uh, Sturgis, South Dakota for Bike Week one year. Oh, yeah, uh, good luck identifying anybody there. No, no, like... A, <laughs> a, Leather jacket, beard, and tattoos. No, Go get them, boys. Literally, like a bank was robbed. Like somebody went in, passed a note, you know, flashed a gun, whatever kind okay. of thing, and said, give me the money. The money was given, and the and the guy left. And so, of course, they on the news that night, they're like, uh, you know, there was a, a holdup at the local Sturgis Bank. Uh, the description of the man is long hair, beard, wearing blue jeans and motorcycle boots with a T-shirt and a leather vest. There you go. Which is everybody, everybody. in Sturgis for right. that whole week, if not, you know, the week before and the week after as well. So well planned on his part to blend into <laughs> right. the crowd as he left. And like, who's to say that that's even what the guy actually looked like? Maybe he disguised himself to look like everybody else at that moment no, exactly, to pull yeah. off the robbery. Right? So if only there were facial recognition software that would have caught his face on camera, used the algorithms to pinpoint his facial structure regardless of whatever beard or sunglasses he happened but to be wearing. But imagine if they get that wrong... And then you're some random guy that went to bike week trying to have a good time. Next you've thing you beard, know, you've got prison, hair, yeah. jail. No, I get it. I get it. Which, yeah. which, again is, which again is why I'm not necessarily in favor of it, but... If they tried, if they tried to wrongfully arrest me over something like that, I should be well within my right to resist that unlawful arrest, and the adjudication process should have some form or fashion to adjudicate that after the fact as well. Let's do some voice recognition. Free Talk Live. Hello, you recognize my voice? I do, David, in New Mexico. Oh, damn it! Um, you pesky kids. So, uh, say what? I was making a Scooby Doo reference. Zoinks! Oh. Yeah, it's been about thirty years since I've seen a Scooby Doo cartoon. Um, so, so I uh, remember I told you that I got. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm about to violate a court order again. Ooh. Um, I, Do I got it. fined like three hundred fifty dollars because I did what? I was I was told to have no contact with my children. Yeah, they were like in diapers. Remember, and so I I went on Facebook. How can we forget? And I wrote. I love you, David. I love you, Paisley. And the wife, the ex, saw it, 
and told uh, the judge they they filed a motion for contempt, and the judge uh, fined me like three hundred and fifty dollars, and if I didn't pay it, I go to jail. And uh, yes, so we've heard that, it before. That, What's new, David? Yeah, yeah well, I just, yeah, but other people haven't. So okay, and uh, so today is the birthday of Elvis Presley and David Bowie and Paisley Olson, who happens to be my daughter. And that court order still exists. Happy birthday, so Paisley. Happy birthday. And, and I just violated the court order again. Nice. And this time, as compared to when she was in diapers, she can actually, like, listen to the radio and hear that. So, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm, the, the, violating the court order might actually have some effect on her. So, Judge John J. Romero, Jr., since I violated your court order again willfully, please put me in jail for six months for contempt. David Olson from New Mexico, everybody, violating a court order live on (laughs) nationally syndicated radio. Thank you for the call tonight, David. We appreciate it. Where he knows the FBI is also listening in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we got confirmation of that during Ian's Crypto 6 trial that they may even listen as often as daily. Hey, we might say that they're super fans. They are. Like uh and in fact, feds, if you're listening, uh amp dot or amps.freetalklive.com. Uh if you Since enjoy you love the, the show so much yeah. and the co hosts and the perspective we bring of peace, uh, liberty and prosperity to everyone, uh please consider becoming an amplifier. Uh we only ask for five bucks a month. You can give more if you like. Uh you know, there's even some super levels, or at least there used to be, uh where you could give, you know, as much as you wanted. We should give a special FBI group rate <laughs> yeah. for the entire Groupon for the whole building. Federal Groupon. There you go. Uh, you know, instead of wasting uh, everybody's tax money on you know whatever it is you think you're doing, uh, you could instead put it to good use for people who believe in liberty and freedom, autonomy, and personal responsibility, privacy, yeah, anonymity. Just a suggestion. All right. All right, so uh, facial recognition, uh, more on this story. The National ACLU had previously called on policymakers to end law enforcement's use of facial recognition technology across the United States, including after the January 2020 wrongful arrest of Robert Williams, a black man in Michigan misidentified as a shoplifting suspect. So is is facial recognition racist? Is this yes. what they're saying? It sounds like yes. it. Because white dudes wrote the program, man. Well, it, I mean, it sounds like they're saying, and they've actually explicitly said that uh, it more frequently misidentifies people of color. Yeah, it does. Well, it that's what does. happened before. Before, yeah. you know, they all have always been misidentified. So one, one of the, I, I don't know how true this is. You might want to, someone fact check me on this because I only read this in passing. Yeah. One of the reasons why DNA evidence is used now and was developed is because a black guy was uh, falsely arrested and imprisoned, right? But he had the same name as the the guy who committed the crime, right? And looked very very similar, right? Like I don't want to say you know what what we're thinking, but they looked very similar don't, side don't claim by to side. Know what I'm thinking, okay? But they looked very similar side by like you would not be able to tell them apart by looking at their photo, right? So they arrested the wrong guy yep. who had the wrong name, right? or had the correct name, same name, you know, looked exactly the same and convicted him. Right. And then later on realized, you know, when DNA became a thing that, oh, that like, was Oh, hey, it was hey. this guy, not that guy. Right. Yeah. So from from the beginning, right, ethnic minorities have been misidentified by the police. 
Uh, so the article continues, my daughters can't unsee me being handcuffed and put into a police car, but they can see me use this experience to bring some good in the world, Williams wrote in a June 2020 opinion piece. I keep thinking about how lucky I was to have spent only one night in jail, as traumatizing as it was. Many black people won't be so lucky. My family and I don't want to live with that fear. I don't want anyone to live with that fear. So that's uh, so basically one, the gist. one night in jail, obviously wrongfully arrested. Well, this other, right? this other person spent a week. So Okay. Yeah. Either way, but now compensate him, right? That's the other side of that coin. That you would got be, it, right. That would be you actual got it wrong, justice. Fix it. How do you fix that, though? Compensate them. I mean, you, you can't give me my, my day or my week back. No, but, but you attempt to make them money, whole, maybe. right? If they did lose Some any money. Some taxpayer money, you know? That's like, exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, they're never going to hold the actual people accountable. They're only mm-hmm. going to give you a, a chunk of taxpayer money. And, and that's the, the quandary about taxation, right? When police do wrong and they're found by their own court that they did wrong, the taxpayer always loses because it's yeah. the taxpayer on the hook to to make that person whole even when they win. Well, you no. said you wanted people to act more free, Captain. Stop paying taxes and they don't have taxpayer money to give them, right? Well, they'll still have taxpayer money. From where? They have to print it. If, if people, if people if- got fed up paying... If people got fed up with their tax money paying for bad cops to do dumb things to good people, right? They yeah. they couldn't dip into that fund anymore because it wouldn't be available to them. They'd either have to straighten They can't out. arrest all of us. Exactly. But they can build gulags and throw us in there, so. Fight your way in, fight your way out, man. Yeah. All right. Right? If, if you resist the unlawful arrest, right, or, or the immoral arrest at that point, because I'm sure they'll make it legal to throw you in the gulag. Yeah. Right. Be prepared to defend yourself against aggression by whatever means you choose mm-hmm. and get some friends willing to do the same because it's going to take more than just you. And someone might have someone. Right. You guys talked about the El Chapo thing. Right. The El Chapo son thing yesterday. Right. Someone might have to come and get you after they get you yeah. because they're not going to get you when everyone else is around. They're going to get you when you're all alone and you're going to need a rescue party. So make some friends willing willing to to run the rescue party to get you out once they've got you before the train leaves for the gulags. Yep. 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 Sorry, I'm trying to do a thing here and I'm uh, having a hard time. I don't know. I would like to get to the point where I would like to prevent getting to the point where there are gulags in all of these things. And I'm hoping that there are peaceful ways that we can get there. Yeah. Would be nice. I mean, voting our way out of it doesn't seem to be working. But in New Hampshire, we do have a number of state representatives who are liberty minded and who have A plus ratings on whatever liberty Reading website I'm thinking of, but... So uh, just to wrap up this bit about uh, facial recognition, uh, from thelastamericanvagabond.com, in 2023 it will be nearly impossible to avoid facial recognition in the United States. As more airports in the United States adopt facial recognition technology, the privacy of Americans is once again threatened. I mean, I would say it already is impossible. Oh, I just said 2023? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, boom, Uh, here we are. In early December, the Washington Post reported that the U.S. Transportation Security Administration is beginning to test new facial recognition tools at 16 major domestic airports. 
The transportation, the TSA, has been quietly testing controversial facial recognition technology for passenger screening at 16 major domestic airports from Washington to Los Angeles and hopes to expand it across the United States as soon as next year. That's this year. Kiosks with cameras are doing a job that used to be completed by humans checking the photos on travelers' IDs to make sure they're not imposters. Uh, TSA representative Jason Lim told the Post that none of this facial recognition technology is mandated. Passengers choosing to opt out of the face identification will still need to present their ID. The TSA also said there are supposed to be signs around informing you of your rights. I've flown recently uh, okay. out of a couple of major airports, and I saw nothing about facial nope. recognition, recognition. They're not going to tell you. Nothing about opting well, out. Well, they said there's supposed to be signs telling you your rights. I've never seen anything like that. Certainly well, the TSA well, isn't capable of understanding rights, much less uh, telling you what they are. Well, oh, again, so airport maybe. You know, public public area. What right do you have to privacy in a public area? This is my earlier question. It's one thing if it's airport security doing the job. It's a whole other thing if it's the TSA doing the job, right? Fair. So, so if the TSA didn't exist and the government didn't impose itself uh, upon the airports, yep, and uh, an airline or an airport, uh, assuming it's a private entity, most of them aren't. Yep, uh, assuming it was a private entity, could choose what security measures they wanted to take or not take right. uh, for their passengers and the airlines that And they you service. as a consumer would have to choose which airline suited your needs best. Right. And I could choose that prior to booking the flight. Yes. Whereas you can't do that now. Right. You just book your flight and show up and hope for the best and you know if you got to opt out you opt out only if you're aware that opting right. out is an option. If you're not aware, you know, then you know they're basically just stealing your face. Yeah, or put on your COVID mask, right? Who cares? Or they make you pull it down, though, when they check your ID. The report goes on to inform the reader that although you technically don't have to participate in facial recognition at the airport, whether you'll feel like you have a real choice is a separate question. Albert Foxconn, founder of Surveillance Technology Oversight Project, uh, told the Post that he believes there is no place more coercive to ask people for their consent than an airport. Yeah, because well, you already got big bucks on the line with the ticket time. You already you have to be somewhere way out of your normal range, right? You're, you're captive. You're captive Captive audience. audience. Yes, that's the exact phrase I was going to bring up in this particular circumstance. Uh, when you have a captive audience, man, it is difficult for them to say no yep. in any meaningful way. Uh, they go on to say, what we often see with these biometric programs is they are only optional in the introductory phases, and over time we see them becoming standardized and nationalized and eventually compulsory. Uh, Khan's statements ring true in the light of previous TSA programs, which start out as optional before becoming mandatory, including taking off your shoes at the airport, choosing between walking through the body scanner machines or an invasive pat-down. The TSA's facial recognition works by having passengers step up to the travel document checker kiosk while they scan their identification card. Then passengers are expected to stare into a camera for up to five seconds while the machine compares the ID to the new photo. This is known as a one-to-one -one verification system. The Post notes that the TSA's facial recognition pilot began at the Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport, DCA, in August 2020 based on alleged concerns of transmission of COVID-19. Uh, 
DCA is one of the airports that I flew through. I saw no signage of facial recognition at all. It could be it could be the industry, and I think it's um, the Sig Sauer Pro Shop here in the state. Mm-hmm. Like you walk through a door, and then you have to look up at the camera, and they take your picture, and then they let you in the second door. I think it's the Sig Pro Shop. If I'm wrong, someone mm-hmm. correct me. Okay, but either way, right? In order to go there and shop at that store, right there. They have decided that they're going to take pictures of everyone that enters, right? And that's that's a choice then for you as a consumer whether or not you want to shop there or not. Does is it is there signs that says your photo will be taken? It's something it's like that. Something, it, yeah, because you have to, you have to stand there and go like, look at the camera. And you go, okay, all right. So. It's it's either Sig or Shooters Outpost. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't think it's Shooters Outpost. Okay, it, it must might be, be Sig then. Yeah. Okay. There's, but either way, it's a, it's a consumer choice and at, a private entity. At Shooter's Outpost, they had signs that said, please, I, I think it was Shooter's Outpost. It was some gun store in New Hampshire was like, please don't wear a mask. This is a gun store. Duh. Like, <laughs> yeah. we have cameras for a reason. Like, you're going to come into a gun store wearing a mask? That, that like, could have been, armed? D- that could have been DW sketchy. guns. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like during the, you know, the, the propagandemic. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, you could... Wear a mask into like, a bank. Yeah. yeah. It's Whereas like, previously, like, you'd that be kicked out. That was a big out. no-no. You'd be chased out by security or maybe even arrested for wearing a yeah. mask into a bank. And privacy advocating libertarians were like, I'm not wearing the mask. I mean, I, what's really, <laughs> what really bothers me, and this is sort of unrelated, but kind of, uh, it's mask related, is that uh, I did not wear a mask through the whole propagandemic. Okay. I didn't put one on for any reason. Congratulations. Uh, and then uh, to in order to see Ian's Crypto Six trial, uh, they they made people mask to be in the actual courtroom, and so I put one on for that reason. Yep, it was my choice. They did set aside. They had what they called an overflow room, where you could go and watch. Watch it on an itty bitty little TV. Uh, they had you know a couple of you know yeah, you can hear screens, anything at least forty inches, fifty inch TV, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, the audio was poor. Uh, and also their IT team, as I mentioned before, sucked ass. Yeah. And so I didn't trust, like, there were times when people who were in the overflow room would come into the courtroom and, and, and they're like, yeah, the, uh, the, the feed went out. I don't know. They, they didn't say when it'll be back. So we had to come over here. And so, yeah, it was like kind of pointless anyway, but I don't like that building at all. Uh, the, oh, the uh, church, the, yeah, the state, uh, the federal courthouse. Yep. It the, is the, the very church. cathedral, very cathedral. Yeah, very it's weird. It is. We found some weird stuff in there too. Like there was one tree that we were looking at that just it had like chains on it, like it was bolt. It, it was just some weird. Yeah, no, it was. Oh. It was weird. It's like a fake tree, but it was chained into the pot. But it, it just the way it was. It was like, is this some weird like satanic ritual stuff that they're doing here? Like I don't know. It was just symbol weird. of slavery. Yeah, yeah it was it, just like some weird symbolism going on. There's, even the trees are changed. It, it brings yeah. to mind uh, the, the guy with a noose around his neck that's attached to the tree as he's watering the tree. Yeah. That's how you lose it. Slowly we over are, a long period of time. We are out of time. Thank you to our callers. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Captain. You are welcome. If you missed any part of our show, find us at the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace.